Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noizera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Agenda 2020, COVID-1984 Chaos, and What About 5G? Yeah, last week, the episode title basically explained itself. This week, we got a whole lot of numbers flying around, a lot of different things going on in this transmission all designed to give you that wide spectrum analysis of what's really going on. Uh, we talk about California Power and Gas and Electric pleading to involuntary manslaughter, uh, Nobel laureates saying, hey, we're going to get through the coronavirus. We also break down the totalitarian takeover tiptoe that takes place with these technocrats and all the lockdowns and quarantines and everything else we see. And clearly, we ask the hard question about what's going on with 5G that nobody wants to talk about. This is truly an information-packed episode. But first, before we get into this, a few quick updates. Make sure you check out the mini-cast we did earlier this week with the audio and video uh, made available to you guys. The calls are there as well. We also did an Instagram Live with Adam Nix and JC Abbott of the Wayfinder Podcast to commemorate our one-year anniversary of doing that four-power, eight-hour series. You can find that in the description bar below. Everything you guys see us here and talk about, go to the website, go to the episode article, get the information and realize how much work we put into this. Lastly, if you want to support this operation, think about becoming a Patreon exclusive member. We put the link for that in the description bar below. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, this is show number 10, 10, season 10, episode 10. I'd like to say that I'm still coronavirus free, yep, that's right, uh, no coronavirus here, but a, a, a tad bitch touch of uh, authoritarianism and totalitarianism, yeah, that's for sure, I mean, I'm good, health-wise, but the country is infected with such a disease of authoritarianism that it is disgusting. Yeah, so spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, I'm straight. But the country is infected with a wicked, wicked evil right now. Like, that spirit of evil that I told you guys was working its way. At the end of last year and at the start of this year, it literally manifested itself into a toxic, poisonous, venomous cloud known as COVID-19, the coronavirus. Now I got a little sticky note here, because you guys know me, I have my little notes everywhere. I have a sticky note here that marked it literally a month ago, uh, where the coronavirus tracker was at. We had 60 confirmed U.S. cases. Now we have 75,000. Yeah. And so I don't want to scare people with numbers and stuff like that, but the virus is real. I don't think the overwhelming authoritarian response that we're seeing is necessary. I think everybody's starting to get that. If you paid attention to the Instagram live I did earlier this week uh, with callers, the two-hour segment, the two-hour show, we went over that. And so what I find myself kind of in a schism of thinking is, is, is 
How much of this can we resist? What's actually going on? And how do we defeat it? Uh, earlier, and I'll get into this in the second segment, but earlier this week, I was on uh, Adam Nix and J.C. Abbott of the Wayfinder podcast because it was actually a, a year ago that we had did the four-part, eight-hour series. We've been so caught up with coronavirus, I didn't even get to plug it. Uh, but I was on their Instagram live just the other day, and we covered how Secretary of State Mike Pompeo actually said that this is an exercise. And we'll cover this in the second segment, because I think it's important. We've got to learn that we're not really being told what's going on in our own country. This is the danger with misinformation, fake news, and distrust in the system. But we have to be able to catch these lies in order to expose them. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this edition of Factions of Freedom. That is definitely not how I wanted to intro uh, this episode. If anything, uh, what I wanted to do was kind of piggyback up off of what I finished uh, the transmission that I did with Adam and uh, JC earlier this week. We talked about this concept of the evolution of warfare. It's 2020. People have to understand that biowarfare is a very real thing. That's why I explained the numbers prior to and say, yes, real people are dying. This is something that requires our attention, but you can do something about it. You don't have to just put those chains on, go quietly inside your house, and then wait to catch cabin fever. You can do various things, uh, not only to protect your, your mental health, your, your biological health, but your spiritual health and more. And so the evolution of warfare is something you've heard me talk in t uh, time and time about on Instagram Live with you guys uh, and in varying various ways over here on the show. But I wanted to intro it, this episode, talking about it because... We need to understand the different ways that we're being affected. That's why I'm telling you this, 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 this coronavirus is much more of a social contagion and financial warfare uh, than anything. Yes, it does affect our biology. There are terrifying stories out there for sure. And there are also false positive stories as well. But what we have to understand is we are being controlled. We're being manipulated. We are being put into a position to where our only solutions uh, are our adversaries, are the people that seek after more control. We stick to topic. <laughs> the evolution of warfare. It's spiritual, it's emotional, it's psychological, it's biological. Now we're even learning that it is financial. I went over this earlier this year with you guys in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But people need to understand that these are very real, very real things that we're talking about. Just because I say them in a rapid fire type nation or rapid fire type way and I can't slow down to it expound upon things the way that I should doesn't mean that you guys shouldn't be doing your own work. You see, who would have thought that all those guests we had on uh, talking about your diet, your health, your spirituality, uh, building better bodies and finding the right kind of materials, fruits and vegetables, letting, uh, f uh, uh, letting food be your medicine. Who would have thought all that stuff would come in handy today? But you see, this is the problem because we're in such an alternative point of view. We're always thinking this way. We have to realize how we have the keys. We have the solutions. And while other people are worried about these things, this presents for us an opportune moment for us to step forward with our best foot, become the leaders that we were so destined to be, and help our fellow men and women throughout this trying time. It's scary as hell. I'm not going to lie to you. But you know what? We were not given a spirit of fear. You're not listening to this show right now. Because you're a coward. You're here because you want to know what the heck's going on, regardless of how much it terrifies you or scares you. And I can't provide all the answers. All I can do is end up 
you know, providing more questions. <laughs> but the que- but 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 that's what we're doing. We're dedicated to the work. We're dedicated to supplying you people with what you deserve, the truth. Yes, we mess up sometimes. Yes, we go a little bit extreme, but I feel like that's necessary to really paint that ex- that extraordinary picture. We try to give you guys wide spectrum analysis on what's really going on. And now we're adding elements where you, the audience, can get in and give us your perspective. Give us your two cents. This is important. We're not critical infrastructure. We're not essential personnel. But we're going to be that little voice in the back of your head telling you, no, resist. Deep down, you know what is happening right now is so criminal and so authoritarian, they're trying to catch us in awe. And that's why all we can do is focus discipline our our minds and our emotions so that they can mimic the actions that we want to take not cold calculated acts of ruthlessness but fiery passionate moments of justice righteous rage indignation that is justified i don't know it sounds easier said than done you just got to give us a couple days or a week or two to figure out the right things that need to be said and that's where i want to say Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this edition of Factions of Freedom. Ten seasons on. You know, I, I'll say this and we'll start getting into the, con- into the content. We're going to be talking about uh, basically environmentalism. This agenda I see kind of surfacing through this, being summoned from the lockdowns and the, the cutting of transportation. Environmentalists saying that uh, the lockdowns are good. Humanity is the disease. No, this isn't Jason Momoa. This isn't Aquaman speaking at a United Nations conference condemning humanity. This is a new round of Omnisiders. Yeah, that, 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 that's right. Uh, but before I get into that, I think you guys should know that all of this is really made possible through your guys' continued support. We're, 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 we're 10 seasons in. Uh, we are on. I found out this week that we are on Spotify. I think I knew I was on Spotify, but I forgot. They took down the episode where we compared COVID-19 to 9-11 as America enters martial law. So I'll be re-uploading that uh, around the same time that I'm uploading the episode we did with Adam Nix and J.C. Abbott. There are so many different things going on. And this is why I'm trying to provide you guys with primo content as consistently as possible, trying to get you a good routine so we understand what's happening, opening up the channels so you guys can discuss these things. This is why I need you guys to join our exclusive membership program. Heaven forbid they actually shut down the page. Heaven forbid we actually end up in a situation where we're at a disadvantage. I can't reach out to you guys the way that I'd like to. But if you get into the exclusive membership program, that secures our ability to, to deliver information to you, to, to, to create content, uh, to have these discussions, all of these different types of things. I'll say this. I'm sorry to just rant so much, guys. I'm just I'm fired up. I took my magnesium and my vitamin C before the show. And I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't snort emergency. I actually ate my vitamin C pill, 2,000 milligrams. And I feel fired up with some apple cider vinegar. I'll say this and I'll get into this though, into the show. Uh, one of our exclusive members and our listeners, Dubular, if you're listening, I'm about to talk about the show I did privately with you, man. is one of our first exclusive member shows. And I'm willing to do it for, that, for you, Dubular, for the Dubulars that are out there. For the people that are listening, that want to support this operation, that have deeper questions that they can't talk about with their friends and families. You guys don't understand how this position that I am in, sometimes it's like a a therapist or a life coach or some other crazy stuff. Because people don't have these discussions out there. Join the exclusive members, help our operation, support independent media, 
and let's kick some more ass, man. Shoot, that's what we're here for. So let's get into the content. Enough of that rambling. Enough of all that talking. Let's get into the content. Agenda 2020. Yeah, that's right. I wanted to do this because we're, we're already familiar with Agenda 21. I feel like that's what we're already seeing right now uh, with with everything that's taking place. Uh, but we're, we're familiar with Agenda 21. I wanted to talk about the concept of Agenda, of agenda 2020. What happens whenever everything has to happen in order for Agenda 21 to take place? Where they survey the, the, the environment, where they take care of humans, where they patrol streets, where they monitor things. We're only focused on Agenda 21. We don't think about what it takes to get society in that mindset in order to adapt to the cashless society, to drones uh, patrolling the streets, to where you, people are so socially engineered they don't want to come into contact with their fellow humans. But don't worry, I'll try to paint that picture for you. Let's start out the actual transmission with a little bit of vindication. This comes from the Epoch Times. They put this up March 23rd. It says California Power, Gas, and Electric is to plead guilty to 84, in, 84 involuntary manslaughter counts over the 2018 fire, the wildfire of, of campfire. Um, 2018. We actually made a post about that. But finally, these people are having justice served to them for destroying the environment. And I think this is also crazy, too. There are going to be 10 years of brownouts of cycling power outages out there in California because this company is going bankrupt. So again, you see this mindset of power, resources, the environment, energy. Let me get into this article. It says California Power, Gas, and Electric has agreed to plead guilty to 84 involuntary manslaughter counts in connection with the 2018 campfire, the most destructive wildfire in California's history. The plea by California's largest utility was announced on Monday by its parent PG&E Corp. Three days after the utility accepted tighter oversight and pledged billions of dollars to improve safety and help wildfire victims under an agreement from, from, from uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom little wannabe dictator. That, agree that agreement ended a major roadblock to PG&E's planned emergence from Chapter 11 bankruptcy as Newsom devotes his attention to the coronavirus outbreak in his state. Pacific Gas and Electric said it entered the plea through a March 17th agreement with the Butte County District Attorney's Office, which would end all state criminal proceedings against the San Francisco-based company related to the campfire. The fire began on November 8, 2018 and destroyed much of the town of Paradise, which had about 26,000 people in nearby Concow. More than 18,000 buildings were destroyed. Power, gas, and electric also pleaded, pleaded guilty to one count of unlawfully starting a fire. Quote, we cannot replace all that the fire destroyed, but our hope is that this plea agreement, along with our rebuilding efforts, will help the community move forward from this tragic incident. PG and PG&E Chief Executive Bill Johnson said in a statement, Under the agreement, PG&E would pay a maximum of $3.5 million plus 500000 in costs and up to $15 million to provide water to residents after the fire destroyed the utilities. Miocin Cattle. Canal. Miocin? Miocin Cattle? Some fire victims would receive payouts under PG&E's proposed bankruptcy reorganization plan, which was submitted on March 16th, PG&E said. The settlement requires approval by the Butte County Superior Court and by the Federal Bankruptcy Court PG, overseeing PG&E's Chapter 11 case. 
PG&E and its utility unit filed for bankruptcy in January 2019, citing more than $30 billion in potential liabilities from California wildfires in 2017 and 2018 linked to its equipment. So, as you already have, California basically, and, I, and I've said this underneath uh, Governor Jerry Brown, his, his uh, rule, you already have bits of California transforming into the Green New Deal. They've already bought into it. Whenever Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez made her rounds last year trying to get different states to sign up for it, California was one, Seattle was one, Florida is one, which is strange because that's where a lot of these coronavirus outbreaks just come out. I'm, I'm just, just making that connection right now. But this is Agenda 2020. Destroy the environment. Blame humans. And then say that the destruction of humans, condemning human activity, that's the solutions. That's what we have to do. I've definitely been seeing this narrative pop up around time and time again. Uh, Idris Elba, you know, the, who should be the black James Bond, Idris Elba, you know, the dude from the dark, the gunslinger from the Dark Tower, Idris Elba, you know, just Idris Elba. He actually caught coronavirus, or I think his wife caught coronavirus, and he used the opportunity to say that, well, but maybe, you know, coronavirus is an actual message from the planet that we're doing more harm than good. And I've been seeing that talking point resurface. You know, just last week, we actually put up a video of deer, of little deer, sweet little does, sweet little deer entering back into the streets. As people are in quarantine. Here, let me get this up for you guys so you can have your heartstrings tugged at while you're in lockdown. Yeah, big old, just a bunch of deer over here. Just walking through the streets, hanging out. You know, because human activity has been diminished. This is over here in Japan where that took place, but the article that we're going to be going over is over this topic right here. Video shows huge decline in China pollution during the lockdown, then rapidly returning to normal. Yeah, uh, this is by Elias Moret over there on the Minds Unleashed. They put it up on uh, Waking Times back on March 24th. It says, shocking new satellite imagery has been released by the European Space Agency that shows the massive decrease in air pollution over China following the coronavirus outbreak and nationwide lockdown, as well as the rapid return of emission as the country's quarantine measures were eased. And we'll talk about that as well. But, but keep this in mind. Shutting down society for the sake of the planet. I remember doing like a report a couple of years ago on the concept of like a renewable society. And can you guess what I talked about? Renewable energies and renewable technology being implemented into society. The same way that the sun cycles. Well, if we get on renewable technology, we don't have, uh, ant we don't have dark light, dark solar panels. We don't have moon panels. You see what I'm saying? But uh, I, I'm digressing. The idea of changing society so that it operates in a more harmonious way with nature you're going to have a lot of opportunists and a lot of environmentalists and climate change activists coming from this lockdown saying we need to do this more. 
this actually helps the earth. Humans are the problem. I'm already seeing this narrative surface because I'm telling you, <laughs> and I'll, I'll get to this too, don't you worry. I, I have a video to play for you or a quick article to go over with you guys uh, to kind of uh, make a joke about this. You know what, shucks, I'll just go over it now. You're going to have environmentalists, and I, I called it this week, you're going to have environmentalists actually advocating for this lockdown the same way that Arnold Schwarzenegger and all kinds of other celebrities are beginning to advocate uh, for lockdowns and all these other things. But now you have Greta Thunberg saying that she may have had coronavirus and has been self-isolating, that's right, making slavery cool again. See, so you see how that takes care of two things at once? Imagine this little girl over here, over here making her vegan bread, you know, reducing her carbon footprint, reducing her emissions, self-isolating, listening to the government, helping the earth at the same time. You imagine this little girl being the puppet, the mouthpiece for everything they need. So when I tell you that you're going to have opportunists and people that just seize this moment to, to, to get their hands around this agenda... Here you go. Let me get in this article. It's by Nima Harris. Uh, they, they reposted it over there at News Punch. They put it up March 24th. It says, teen climate activist Greta Thunberg believes that she may have contracted the coronavirus and has been self-isolating at home with her father, actor, Svante Thunberg. Thunberg says that they both started having symptoms after a recent train tour of Europe together and have been in isolation for the last couple of weeks. The Mail Online reports that they were traveling in Europe before lockdowns were imposed by many governments across the continent in a bid to halt the spread of the virus. In an Instagram post today, Thunberg said she suffered shivers, a sore throat, a cough, and felt tired after traveling with her father from Brussels. The Swedish 17-year-old said in a video published by the New Scientist today that her father had, quote, more intense symptoms such as a fever and that she is now recovered. She said, quote, for the, last week, for the last two weeks, I have been isolated, and then I got the virus. So you were isolated, and then you got the virus. Okay. I came home from Central Europe, and then I isolated myself from the beginning because I thought I might as well, as well as I've been on the trains. And so I don't want to put anyone else at risk. But then I started feeling some more symptoms after a few days. But the important thing is that I didn't basically feel that ill. At the same time, my father was feeling much more intense symptoms. Thunberg said in her Instagram post that she self-isolated in an apartment away from her sister and mother after noticing symptoms 10 days ago. She added that she wanted to raise awareness about how easy it was to transmit the infection without realizing it. The campaigner said that I didn't basically feel that I was ill. It could be that I was feeling unusually tired. I was coughing a bit. That is because I'm not in a risk group. I didn't, get it, I didn't take it very serious. That is also very dangerous because you don't know that you have it. If I wouldn't have been for my, if it wouldn't have been for my father getting it at the same time and much more intense than me, I might not have even noticed that I was sick. Many people don't feel symptoms at all, or very mild symptoms, but it can be contagious. So there you go. There is the mouthpiece for the agenda, telling you what it is. Hey, op obey your government. Obey your government. They care about you. You know, I'm telling you, you're going to see, and I didn't get around to posting it, Free Thought Project did a great article on it, but out there in Kentucky, because now we're getting into snitch behavior, see something, say something, 
You're going to have people out there that are saying, hey, you're not, you're not abiding by quarantine. I'm going to call the cops on you. Hey, you're coughing on me. That's a domestic terrorist threat. You see the fanaticism and the hysteria that's just being bred right now, the victimology that brings this all forth. This is the nanny state on steroids. This, 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 this is <laughs> everybody's going to catch coronavirus. I'll put it to you this way. Whenever I saw Prince Charles, what was it? One of the princes, somebody in the royal family caught the coronavirus this week. I don't want to be a jerk, but I said, hey, whenever we start to see some of these celebrities, some of these influential people die off, then I don't want to sound like a jerk. Then I'll care. But right now, I see a lot of these people just doing it for the fanatical reasons. Headlines. Get the, get the people hyped up. Hysterical. I'll put it to you this way. I'm out here in New Mexico. Some of my uh, grandparents are out there in South Carolina. And this is how it hits home for me. Right down the street from where my grandparents are over there on the East Coast. Camden, the epicenter, I guess, in South Carolina for the COVID-19 crisis. A family of seven, boom, passed away. Daughter, father, mother, and the kids all passed away, all seven of them. Now, you got to ask the question, was that of coronavirus? Was that of pre-existing causes? Was that because of bad, uh, 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 was, was natural causes, bad health, bad diet, and more? And so now my family's worrying because they're catching into the hysteria. And they've got every reason to worry. But do you see how all of this breeds chaos, confusion, doubt, insecurity, not clarity, not focus, not self-control, not discipline, not answers, not solutions, just more and more confusion. And you know what happens with that? Stress, cortisol, reptilian brains, mindsets, uh, survivalism, running to the quickest person that can provide you an answer, not thinking of getting one yourself. I'll, I'll save that for the next segment. I'll save all that speak and rhetoric for the next segment. For this one, though, let's, let's finish out this segment talking about one of the main reasons why I wanted to talk about Agenda 2020, environmentalist group, quote, Corona is the cure. Humans are the disease. This is written by Paul Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News. They put this up March 25th. And why this is important is because as I was doing research for the show, as I like to, I went back to October to find information about, you know, Event 201, uh, them running drills prior to, all kinds of stuff like that. And I remember seeing that the Extinction Rebellion leaders said that in order for us to succeed, in order for us to topple governments, some people have to die. And I couldn't help but think, wow, what an ambiguous statement to make only for us to fast forward to where we are at now. Let me get into this article. It says, a climate change group that aligns itself with Extinction Rebellion posted stickers claiming that the coronavirus is a cure for the disease that is humanity. Quote, Earth is healing. The air and water is clearing. Tweeted Extinction Rebellion East Midlands. Corona is the cure. Humans are the disease. The post shows stickers with the same message and the Extinction Rebellion logo plastered on lampposts when another with another branch of extinction rebellion challenged that this quote does not follow xr's principles the east Madlin the east midlands chapter doubled down quote we are pointing out 
that from the perspective of the earth, humans behave like a disease. The idea is to not be, they responded. While Extinction Rebellion East Midlands may represent little more than the ravings of one idiot, the notion that humanity somehow deserves the coronavirus and that it's good for the planet has been widely shared by environmentalists and celebrities. After actor Idris Elba tested positive for the coronavirus, he claimed that COVID-19 was the planet, quote, reacting to the human race as revenge for climate change. Despite numerous claims that, the nat that nature is flourishing and animals are thriving thanks to the coronavirus, it turns out most of those stories are fake news. Fake news. I don't want to say it's fake news because, you know, I've seen quite a few of them. But I do want to say that it's very strange to see this narrative come out. For people to say that this is okay, lockdowns are good, we're saving the earth. It's very dangerous, if you ask me. It is truly, truly very dangerous to see us go down this path of submission so easily. You see, Agenda 2020, the idea that before we give ourselves over to the United Nations globalism, the climate change agenda, the socioeconomic reformation, the technocracy, and so much more, the scientific dictatorship, before we get there, we have to collapse the existing world structure. We have to overwhelm it to such a degree that we realize it's no longer sustainable. It has to collapse so that we can bring forth sustainable development. You see, Agenda 2020 is more than what you think. It's the setting up of the infrastructure for the technocracy. That's why they have something for the next 30 years, essentially. Plans and agendas, more triggering events, cataclysms and tragedies, all designed to rob you of your fear, your common sense, and to advance an agenda. You see, you're already having people say right now that... When we get done with the coronavirus, the world will never be the same. So what kind of ambiguous statement is that? How can you say these things? We're, we're, ju we're just starting. Is that it? Is it because we're just starting? You already have pen the Pentagon saying that we're going to be dealing with this with, for months? Are we just in the beginning phase? You see, I've been asking the question. Is this a biowarfare attack? Is this a declaration of war? Is this what happens when you have a global event and it requires global government? I want to pull up this real quick article and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take this quick break. But this popped up just before we came onto the air. It plays a huge part in everything we've been talking about so far. People need to understand this isn't a joke. These people have a plan. I just got here. And I've been trying my hardest to figure out how to break it down and tell the people. These people have a plan. And we're going to be trying to talk about it throughout the entirety of the show. Uh, but before we take this quick break, I want to pull up this article that exemplifies everything we're talking about right here. Global government. British former prime minister calls for a temporary world government to tackle the coronavirus. This is by Baxter Dimitri over there at Your Newswire. They put this up March 26th. He says, former British Prime Minister Gordon Brown has called on world leaders to create a new order by forming a, quote, temporary global government to tackle the medical and economic crises caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. According to Brown, the global government is necessary to make sure the efforts of central banks 
are coordinated. So not COG, central banks. The leftist former prime minister who was in power during the near meltdown of the banks in 2008 said that there is an urgent need for a task force involving world leaders, health experts, and the heads of international organizations that must assume executive powers to coordinate the response to the emergency on a global scale. The scientific dictatorship is essentially what he's calling for. Scientists, doctors, engineers, technocrats, and more to take the helm. Politicians have failed. And now it's time for corporate fascism. But, but to continue on, it says, quote, this is not something that can be dealt with in one country, he said. Quote, there has to be a coordinated global response. Brown said that the coronavirus crisis is, is different to the 2008 financial crisis and requires more draconian and internationalist approaches. Quote, that was an economic problem that had an economic cause and had an economic solution. This is, first and foremost, a medical emergency, and there has to be joint action to deal with that. But the more you intervene to deal with the medical emergency, the more you put the economies at risk. Former British Prime Minister Gordon Brown has called for a global government to tackle COVID-19, arguing that it should be clear to the world leaders that this is no possibility of a go-it-alone approach working. That's right. A global government for a global pandemic. Tell me, how did they get this bill written? An 1,000-page-plus bill in two days. Why are we already hearing people like Joe Biden say that the Green New Deal can be inserted in the next round? Do you see how our fears have been weaponized against us? Maybe we'll revisit this future. Maybe we'll revisit this part of the discussion in the future. But for now, this is Agenda 2020, and we're just now seeing it. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be raking down the COVID 1984 chaos, this global government for this global pandemic, all of the other crazy things that we see happening, and more. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. This is Freedom Faction of Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this.
Salutations and welcome back. I am nutriented. Got my vitamins. Got my vitamin C, my magnesium, my zinc, my 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 fish oil in my my iodine. I'm nutriented. I'm jacked up. Hope you are. Fired up as always. Before we went to the break, we were talking about global government, Agenda Agenda 2020, environmentalists taking control, the creation of the scientific dictatorship, and more. In this segment, we're going to be basically expounding upon that idea. We're talking about what we're 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 really in the mess right now, uh, and how I I thoroughly believe that we are in some kind of large-scale exercise that requires uh, real-time responses. And this is what I'm telling you. Each day at this point is a gift. That's why we have to figure out a way to have civil organized disobedience that, 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 that flexes our rights and our liberties. This is why you have them trying to cut down on people, uh, uh, um, cutting off power like in Los Angeles or, or arresting people you know, for, for stepping outside. I mean, good Lord, in Spain, I read an article this week about children who were playing soccer in their own backyard and the cops came, arrested them. And I mean, here in America, I talked about this just a couple weeks ago, a little girl, this is before the coronavirus crisis, a little girl throwing a temper tantrum at school and then getting arrested. So the virus itself is real for sure, but it's that social contagion aspect that we legitimately need to look out for. The hysteria, the authoritarianism, the, 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 the lack of respect for personal liberties, this social distancing, I swear to God, all it makes me think about is just social engineering. How do we just insert a new phrase into the modern nomenclature and it's got a whole movement behind it right off the bat? No one finds that very dangerous. No one finds this, this blind obedience and submission into authoritarianism dangerous. I do. I legitimately do. And I've been, I've been railing on it all throughout this. This is dangerous. Don't just go quietly into the night. Don't take that money. Don't listen to that deception. Don't listen to these people. The government don't care about you. Don't take that money. Yes, you're going to be hurt. Yes, we're all hurting. We're all going to get through this. We're going to have to try to figure out a way. But what what is happening right now is such outright criminal evil that it can only be described as lawlessness, corrupt, and just mind-boggling. Like the financial aspect behind this, I'm trying to figure out because I know this is what's going to happen. They're going to create a new financial system from this. I talked about it in the previous segment. Uh, uh, Cloward and Piven overloading this 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 initial system so that they can bring forth a new one i haven't figured out the way to break it down to you people but i know that's what's going to happen this cannot happen you can't print endless money uh in a faulty system expect like this is nuts this is nuts and so what i guess i'm trying to say to start the segment off is what we're seeing right now is multiple agendas hitting like a penultimate point where all we can kind of do is sit as the next phase of it takes place it trips me out trying to explain it uh but we're going to do our best and with that being said thank you ladies and gentlemen for tuning into this segment of factions of freedom the covid 1984 chaos now what i would like to do is inspire courage and hope that's what i'm trying to tell you i think about this 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 virus is not necessarily so much what i'm worried about I'm worried about the authoritative actions of our government, the deceptive actions of China, uh, and the global impacts as well as the socioeconomic influences of everything that we see going on. This virus is a cover for everything I just listed. 
So if you ask me, I think we have to inspire courage, let people know that they will be able to recover from this virus. They can take care of themselves. Uh, This isn't as deadly as it's being portrayed to be. But at the same time, because of the hysteria, and I'll make that, I'll explain this hopefully in this segment, uh, people rushing to hospitals, overwhelming the system, uh, the deployment of those, of those, those, those uh, ships, the mercy, and I think it's the hope on the coasts because, yes, hospital beds will be overwhelmed. People are running out of resources. This is a very real thing. People are dying. But is it of the flu? Is it of pneumonia? Is it of underlying causes? Are they just declaring them as coronavirus so they can get attention and funding, you see, so they can run out of uh, uh, supplies and then get that additional stimulus money? There's a lot of different gears moving right now, and that's why I think a lot of people are just confused looking at it. But I digress. Let's start getting into this content so we can start breaking down uh, what's actually going on. <laughs> Man, we, got, we have to talk about indefinite detention powers, because of the coronavirus, we have to talk about so much stuff because people are freaking out. And all I can do is try to try to pacify them, not like in a sense to tell them that it's not real, but inform them of the steps that they can take in their own personal life. But here, let me pull up this article right here. Nobel laureate predicts a quicker recovery. Quote, we're going to be fine. This is said by Michael Levitt, a Nobel laureate and the Stanford biophysicist, saying that, hey, we're going we're gonna to be able to recover. Now, before I get into this article and do my whole shebang, I feel like it's imperative for me to let you guys know that some of the information coming out now indicates that we're going to be seeing a secondary wave with the coronavirus. I, I think they're trying to smother that information in China right now. Because you got to think about, you know, when we saw this peak in February, whenever the virus, whenever it was cold still, people's immune systems were weakened. Now that we have sun coming up, you know, we're, there's, there's information coming out that UV radiation actually uh, slows the strength of the virus. Vitamin C helps and so much more. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that the second wave will hit us right around the time we get things working again. And then when we go back into hibernation, that's when we're going to see, start seeing all these problems. I don't know. Maybe I'll be able to explain it next week, but that's what I'm trying to explain to you guys for now. Let me get into this article. We put this up March 23rd. It's from the Judge Report feed. It says, Michael Levitt, a Nobel laureate and Stanford biophysicist, began analyzing the number of COVID-19 cases worldwide in January and correctly calculated that China would get through the worst of its coronavirus outbreak long before many health experts had predicted. Now he foresees a similar outcome in the United States and the rest of the world. While many, while many epidemiologists are warning of months or even years of a massive social disruptions and millions of deaths, Levitt says that the data simply doesn't support such a dire scenario, especially in areas where reasonable social distancing measures are in place. Quote, what we need is to control the panic, he said. In a grand scheme, quote, we're going to be fine. Here's what, he, uh, here's what Levitt noticed in China. On January 31st, the country had 46 new deaths due to the novel coronavirus compared with 42 new deaths the day before. Although the number of daily deaths had increased, the rate that each increase had begun to ease off. Essentially, although the car was still speeding up, it was not accelerating as as rapidly before. Quote, this basically suggests that the rate of the number or the rate of the increases in the number of deaths will slow down even more over the next week. 
Levitt wrote in a report he sent to friends February 1st that was widely shared on Chinese social media. And he soon predicted, and soon he predicted, the number of deaths would be decreasing every day. Three weeks later, Levitt told the China Daily News that the virus's rate of growth had peaked. He predicted that the total, ca- the total number of confirmed COVID-9 cases in China would end up around 80,000 with about 3,250 deaths. Uh, this forecast turned out to be remarkably accurate. As of March 16th, China had counted a total of 80,298 cases uh, and 3,245 deaths. In a nation of nearly 1.4 billion people where roughly 10 million die every year, the number, new, the number of newly diagnosed patients had dropped to around 25 a day, with no new cases of community spread reported since Wednesday. Now, Levitt, who received the 2013 Nobel Prize in Chemistry for Developing Complex Models of Chemical Systems, is seeing similar turning points in other nations, even ones that did not install the draconian isolation measures that China did. Yeah, because these measures are not necessary. They are literally not necessary. That is, I swear to God, the the, the truth. <laughs> we don't need to be doing these things. Like, a virus doesn't sleep, dude. Why are you locking down everything? It's like, oh, shucks, here comes 8 o'clock. Virus is like, I got to try to find people that are at the movie theater. Or maybe I go find people who are at uh, Hooters or, 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 or Dave and Buster's. Or, you know, I got to go to the bowling alley. I have to get my last victim because it's 8 o'clock and curfew is coming up. It's like, think of the mindset that's going on here. You see, that's what I mean by giving into the hysteria to where you just give over your rights. I mean, right here, boom, 800 medical specialists caution against draconian measures. You have people saying, hey, whoa, what are you doing? If anything, this is going to cause more problems by taking this course of action. And you actually heard Trump talk about that this week during one of his very many uh, uh, coronavirus task force press conferences saying that the cure would be worse than the virus there are going to be deaths from people not making money not being able to go to school not functioning normally there are comments on my page people talking about hey i lost five thousand bucks uh this week and it's not even done when are we getting our money from the government you've got to think about this this is criminal beyond measure but let me just read a little bit of this uh, we put this up March 24th. It's by The Natural Blaze. It says, if you depend only on mass media during the crisis, one's perspective can be a little distorted. You might gain the impression that the whole world agrees that a full lockdown of life itself is the only way to control the spread of the coronavirus and minimize the fatalities. But this doesn't actually take into account what medical professionals are saying right now. Hundreds of professors at the Yale University organized a letter with signatures to send to the White House. It was signed by 800 credentialed professionals, largely from the fields of epidemiology and medicine. It is not what I would call a free market treatise, but to be sure, and I do not agree with parts of it. Still, it, talks, it takes us in a different direction and a much more libertarian one than the one in which governments are taking us. Uh, The letter warns that crackdowns, shutdowns, travel restrictions, sweeping closures, and work restrictions could be counterproductive and not produce the results people hope for. This echoes the concern expressed by Stanford epidemiologist uh, John Leonidas, Leonidas and his recently published work that warns we are taking extreme measures with low quality information with little interests and cost. And where the letter worries about the loss of public services, I would add that the loss I would add the worry of the loss of essential economic services. I will quote large sections of this letter, which you guys can go read 
on the actual post. I just want to get into the summarized version of it. But it talks about how the main message here is as follows. If you worry that the coercive measures the government is using and proposing go way too far, you are not alone. Many in the mainstream and of the medical professions agree with you. Mandatory quarantine, regional lockdowns, and travel bans have been used to address the risk of COVID-19 in the U.S. and abroad. But they are difficult to implement, can undermine public trust, and have large societal costs, and, imp- and importantly, disproportionately affect the most vulnerable segments in our communities. Such measures can be effective only under circum- specific circumstances. All such measures must be guided by science with appropriate protection of the rights of those impacted. And we're definitely not having that. The governors right now, and this is a republic, they can act independently of their own, but you have the president saying one thing, governments and governors saying another. This is the problem, again, with misinformation. We have no idea what's going on, but we're taking drastic measures because we have no understanding of what's happening. Like it, does, it doesn't make sense. This is a dangerous way for our governments to be reacting. Here, more evidence that shows that we don't know what's going on. This is another article from The Natural Blaze. They put this up March 25th. It says, research group based at Oxford University stops using WHO data, the World Health Organization, their data for coronavirus reporting, citing errors. Our World and Data, an online publication based at the University of Oxford, announced on Tuesday that it stopped relying on World Health Organization data for its models, citing errors and other factors. The group's founder, Max Roser, said researchers are now using data from the European Center of Disease Prevention and Control. Until March 18th, we relied on the World Health Organization as our source. We aim to rely on the, on the WHO as they are the international agency with the mandate to provide official estimates on the pandemic. The WHO reports this data for each single day and can be found on the website. But since March 18th, it became unfortunately impossible to rely on the WHO data to understand how the pandemic is developing over time. With Situation Report 58, uh, the, the WHO shifted the reporting cutoff time from 9 p.m. CST to zero. I don't know, zero, zero, triple, quadruple zero. This means the comparability is compromised because there is an overlap between these two WHO, WHO publications. And then the article goes on to basically explain uh, basically how it's being mis, mis, misrepresented how the numbers are being skewed. You see. And I actually talked about this earlier this year, uh, early, earlier this week. I uh, talked about how Antonio Gutierrez, the World Health Secretary, World Health Organization uh, Secretary General, Antonio Gutierrez, back in October, talked about how the World Health Organization is going to run out of money, or the United Nations is going to run out of money. They were going to run out of, or the, yeah, the who was going to run out of money, and unless they had <laughs> combined efforts from all around the globe, they were going to basically essentially go bankrupt. And how America was like twenty to twenty-five percent of their actual income. They were cutting essential meetings, travels, and things like this as well. Uh, essentially, what's going on right now? Locking down, uh, streamlining the UN for efficiency. But do you, do you get? The system that's happening here, how we're in like a hybrid war. You see, I hope people really gradually begin to see uh, what's going on. So before I just get derailed again, let me stay on the good news, talking about how we're actually bouncing back from the brink of this crisis and how we will 
recover. I know people don't think that's the case, but we actually will recover. I, I don't want to talk about the... Um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about the 90-year-old lady that recovered, the, the 90-year-old grandmother that recovered from coronavirus, so Greta Thunberg can suck it. Uh, but what I do want to talk about is how the slowdown in cases suggests that Italy's outbreak may be peaking, and that's what we discussed uh, earlier in the show, how certain demographics will show you, or certain statistics will show you that once you get to a peak point, you'll come down. Uh, and that's what they mean by peaking. I tried to allude to the fact that we might be going through the first wave right now, the introduction of coronavirus into society. And then as things decrease, as we hit the summer, that's what they're trying to say. Uh, the cases will go down during the summer because it won't live during that time period. But as we go into uh, uh, fall and the winter and things like that, that's where you'll see that second wave pop back up. But hey, let me stick to this one. We put this up March 23rd. It's from Zero Hedge. It says Italy's Civil Protection Agency just reported a second straight drop in new cases, offering some hope to Italians and the global community as the government in Rome has been desperately struggling to slow the outbreaks. All of a sudden, about three weeks back, Italy saw a sudden surge in cases that took it from just a handful to a serious outbreak in Lombardy, then across northern, northern and central Italy, then finally into the Italian south. And after cases seemed to hit a blow over the top, uh, the last two weeks after a, streak after a streak of grim consecutive numbers where Italy was reporting nearly 1,000 deaths a day, those numbers are finally beginning to come down. According to top health officials, the number of, de of new deaths reported on Monday dropped to 601, down from 655. Uh, the number of new cases climbed to 63,000 from 59,000, uh, while the Italian death toll hit 6,000. Total cases stand just shy of 64,000. One day after the Italian government went full Wuhan and decided to shut down industrial, uh, industrial production across the country to try and force wider compliance with the social distancing recommendations. More encouraging videos are going viral as Italians, uh, as Italians rally their spirits to confront the virus. One video of opera singers entertaining a neighborhood caught the world's attention on Twitter. Meanwhile, the Italian government thanked the government of Russia President Vladimir Putin for nine plane loads of aid that were delivered to the country. Italians are notoriously spicy people. In keeping with that reputation, a video of small town mayors threatening individuals who knowingly violate quarantine measures has circulated around the internet. And it's actually pretty funny because you just see him saying, <laughs> talking smack about, you know, generations and how we don't listen. Ah, whatever. We don't listen because we don't trust you. And whenever you send conflicting messages, who would listen to that? So just, just, just keep these types of things in mind. Lockdowns don't work. Medical specialists are saying that. World health experts are actually saying that as well, too, that the lockdown won't stop the virus. And you've got to ask yourself, why are we having such a draconian response to something that we've dealt with time and time again? I made this, this, this uh, correlation earlier this week that when the Constitution was written, these people were actually dealing with real plagues. They were dealing with like actual influenza, Spanish flu, and real things like that. People were dying left and right. <laughs> like that was a real thing. There's nowhere in the Constitution where it's just like, stop it all. You got to cough. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. You know, you guys, you see the groove we're in right now with, with the content we're covering, the way we're doing shows, the way we're having you guys on, the consistent information delivery, the routine. 
You imagine we shut down for a couple weeks. You see how hard it is to get everything moving again. Now imagine a country. Imagine the lifeline, the blood that's going through everything. I, 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 I said this before. You know, at the start of the week, that uh, America's religion is business. You can't do this and not expect death, suicide, chaos, uh, civil unrest, looting. You can't do that. It doesn't make sense. So you've got to ask, who in God's name is sending out these orders? And why in God's name are people listening for one, uh, for two? It doesn't make sense. We're getting conflicting messages from the president. We're getting conflicting messages from the governor. But you're having an increased law enforcement presence and now an increased military presence. This is terrifying the hell out of people. You're, 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 you're confusing them. You're putting them in a state of disarray. They're not going to trust you. You've turned them into criminals. Do you see the psychological damage that's being done here? People think they're the villains. For what? For, for what? And it happened overnight. And that's the problem. That's why I'm telling you. We have to have some level of organized civil disobedience. We, we can't, I don't want to say social unrest, civil unrest, social disintegration, none of that. But they have to know that we the people, the people that put money in their back pockets, Right. We, 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 we don't agree with this. And if you ask me, I think that's also why they're trying to come up with this new economic system. But I digress. Uh, let me get back into this article and back into the show notes right here. Trump weighs easing, easing the stay at home advice to curb the economic impact. That's right. Uh, you have certain individuals being declared essential personnel, people essentially being given travel papers saying that, hey, if you were in a quarantine or in a lockdown area, if you are stopped, show the officer these papers. They'll allow for you to pass through. And make sure you leave these papers in your car because if you are an essential personnel, law enforcement or military will go through perusing inside of your car to make sure that you have a reason to be there. What, what, what just happened? Why, do we, why is this being blindly accepted? How is there no way to buck back? So, yes, people need to get back to work so that we have a sense of normalcy. You can't just shove people inside their houses and tell them that they're the criminals and they have to wait for a vaccine. Otherwise, they better stay in there and die. This is, this is outrageous. And that's why it has to be vehemently opposed. Let me get in this article right here. Uh, it's from the Judge Report feed. We put this up March 23rd. It says, President Trump is privately expressing concern at the damage the coronavirus shutdown is doing to the U.S. economy and is debating whether it can safely be reopened. Two sources familiar with the situation said on Monday in a tweet late on Sunday, Trump tweeted, quote, we cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself, adding that the end of the 15 day shutdown period, quote, we will make a decision as to which way we want to go. Trump issued guidelines a week ago. He said aim to slow the spread of the disease over 15 days, prompting much economic activity to stop Trump, who had hoped to build his campaign of the November 3rd election on a booming U.S. economy now is looking at a potential of millions of jobs lost. His administration has been pushing for aggressive steps to stem the economic hit of the of the epidemic. After the president spent several re, several weeks downplaying the risks, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said on Sunday that the lockdown affecting large segments of the American of the American public was likely to last ten to eight weeks, or ten, uh, ten to twelve weeks, or until early June. One source said that Trump began taking privately 
talking privately last week about the reopening of the country after the 15-day shutdown because he is worried about the economic damage from shutting the economy, shuttering the economy. And I want to play for you guys a real quick clip of Trump actually saying this, saying that America will soon be open for business and how a country is not designed for this and how we don't want the cure to be worse than the actual problem. Now, before I play for you guys again this clip, keep this in mind, what I was saying before at the start of this segment, uh, with this just being the first wave. This virus may come in three waves, might come in two waves, but this being the first wave, people being unknown carriers and not knowing it, asymptomatic, and then the virus going into hibernation, mutating, God knows what. So while I am an advocate for getting back to work putting that lifeblood of America and the, and the world back on, we should also be cautious. You see, I'm not trying to downplay the event. I'm trying to say we need to know as much about this virus, people's mindsets, and our economies at the same time. I think this is testing how fragile our system truly is. Uh, but let me play for you guys this quick clip, and then we'll continue on. Health experts who are terrific are studying the variation in the disease across the country and we will be using data to recommend new protocols to allow local economies to cautiously resume their activity at the appropriate time. We also have a large team working on what the next steps will be once the medical community gives a region the okay, meaning the okay to get going, to get back, let's go to work. Our country wasn't built to be shut down. This is not a country that was built for this it was not built to be shut down. My administration continues to work with Democrats and Republicans to reach an agreement on an urgent relief bill for the millions of American health experts who are terrific. Yeah, that's actually very important, if you ask me, uh, because there is so much beyond just this virus that if we keep going down this path, we may or may not return. Now, I just want to derail Real quick, since we have a video of Trump over there at the presidential podium, I want to side rail over here, boosh, to IntelliHub. Uh, Adam Nix and J.C. Abbott brought this up when I was on their show with them earlier this week, but they talked about Secretary of State Mike Pompeo admitting that COVID-19 is a live exercise. And President Trump comments saying, I wish you would have told us. I think that's very, very interesting because if that's the case, that means we can still get out of this. That means we can call them out on their bluff and say, hey, next time, incorporate us. Keep this in mind, too. Uh, these are in my notes. Let me see if I can just get this up uh, while I'm ranting. Keep this in mind, too. This is a live exercise. China actually conducted one a couple months back, too. Remember that, like back in September, even before uh, Event 201, and before they launched 5G in Wuhan. So there's, 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 there's just so many different things going on here. Uh, but let me read for you this article, and then we'll, we'll, I'll play for you guys this quick video. It says, United States, and this is by Shepard and Bellis. They put it up March, 20, March 21st. It says, United States Secretary of State Mike Pompeo had a slip of tongue while addressing the American people from the White House when he stated that COVID-19 is a live military exercise. Quote, this is not about retribution, Pompeo explained. Quote, this matter is going forward. We are in a live exercise here to get this right. Uh, and just before I play this clip for you guys, there was an article from over there on Signs of Times, and it was talking about how evidence is pointing towards the fact that 
America gave China the COVID-19 virus during their military games in Wuhan, but whew, we were in some interesting territory. Let's play this. This clip of uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo talking about this being a live... You may have listened to this video already, but I want you to listen again. This time, I have a little better sound, and I want you to pay very close attention to what he says. Pompeo says this is a live exercise. And what you'll hear in the background is Donald Trump say, you should have let us know. So again, I'm going to let it play over a couple times so you can hear it. It's very interesting. Take a listen. This is not about retribution. This matters going forward. We're in a, we're in a live exercise here to get this right. We, we need to make sure that even... To, we're, in a, we're in a live exercise here to get this right. We, we, we're, in a, we're in a live exercise here to get this right. We, we, we're, in a, we're in a live exercise here okay. to get this right. We, we, we're in a, we're in a okay. So, so you get it. We're in a live exercise. And I think that's why you kind of see Trump getting out ahead of this, trying to say, we can't keep going down this route. We've got to have another alternative. We've got to have a different talking point because if not, we're going to follow down this line with our runaway media and we're going to be taken away. And that's why you have Governor Gavin Newsom. I didn't get around to getting that clip up of him admitting to martial law. But when you watch it, he's actually giggly saying that, hey, this is a good thing. People are actually uh, socializing this whole social distance thing. They actually are getting into this. You have people getting into this lockdown quarantine mindset, getting into the hysteria, buying the toilet paper. You know, it, it's crazy. And so when you have people actually adopting this mindset, they don't want freedom. They don't want independence. They don't want a, 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 a bustling middle class. They don't want something for themselves. They want to get paid to not go to work. They want to be in fear. They, they, they want to stay on their phones. They want to Netflix. You've got to understand the, the sophisticated mind control that's underway here. Uh, and so just, just to stay on the same theme, to get back into the topics and stay on the same theme while we're talking about all this stuff, uh, we have at least 10 now, 10, 11, or 12 different posts on our Instagram feed that basically break down different ways, protocols, holistic methods, and more to basically build your immune system, uh, fight viruses, fight diseases, more. There was an article that came out this week right here from Silence of the Time. They put this up March 23rd, and I'll put the link for this in the description bar below so you guys can check this and other posts out in the future. It says UV radiation from the sun increases by the factor of 10 by summer and could be the key in slowing COVID-19. I'll put the link for this in the description bar below. But this is also what I'm trying to tell you. Go out there, go get some, go get some sunlight. Everything they are telling us to do is the exact opposite of what would have happened if you wanted to boost your immune system. You're not, if you wanted to boost your immune system, you're not going to you know, sit in some dark, dungy, dingy dungeon you know, and suck off a of Wi-Fi for uh, indefinite periods of time. You're going to drink tea. You're going to take vitamins. You're going to take supplements. You're going to boost your immune system. You're going to flush your system out. The idea of them telling us to stay inside our house, suck on Wi-Fi, uh, don't be exposed to sunlight, this is going to have the exact opposite of the desired effect they're, they're asking. Very, very dangerous. And that's why I'm telling you, sophisticated mind control is sophisticated social engineering disguised as social distancing. Uh, but let me get in this article and then we'll continue on. It says, efforts to combat the growth of SARS-CoV-2 
which is the virus that causes COVID-19, are ubiquitous. Quarantines, social distancing, and the countless activities that have been suspended or canceled to help limit COVID-19 spread throughout the world. Now, increased sunshine could help in the Northern Hemisphere. Data compiled by AccuWeather of the ultraviolet energy received from the sun from January 1st, 2019 to the present is a reminder that substantial increases of UV rays have begun and will continue for the next several months. AccuWeather examined the daily UV index from several major cities worldwide from January 1st, 2019 through mid-March 2020 compared to the 10-year average of the daily UV index for those cities. Quote, if the coronavirus behaves like most other viruses, then as the sun grows stronger day by day as we head towards the summer solstice, the stronger sun and the increased hours of sunshine may start to take their toll on the virus, thereby helping to slow its spread, particularly as the sun gets stronger in April and May, said AccuWeather founder and CEO Dr. Joel N. Nayers. Quote, the point of the most rapid increase in sun intensity as well as the duration of the sun is right now, he added, referring to the days around the vernal equinox, which occurs March 19th. And ironically enough, isn't that exactly whenever the, 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 the Pentagon says that they're going to be seeing this end? You see? Just, just, just a quick observation. And so, I, wanna, <laughs> I just want to play this, this quick clip. Because while I'm trying to tell you guys that there is something that we need to worry about, there are cures, we can fight this. But you also need to understand that there are people being affected by this. There are, there are hospital beds being filled. Some of our projections are showing that by May 8th, all hospital beds may be filled. May 8th, 9th, 14th, or the 15th, around that time frame. Uh, you have people saying that these lockdowns are the reasons as to why the virus itself is spreading or, or, or slowing. It couldn't be the treatment. No, it couldn't be treatment. It has to be the lockdowns. How do we know that this isn't just the flu? How do we know that this isn't pneumonia? How do we know that this isn't, you know because we know it's man-made, how do we know that it doesn't piggyback again on these pre-existing factors and, 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 and kill people? We already know that it affects people disproportionately, the young and the old, people with, a, with immunocompromised systems, things like this. But is this level of hysteria required? You see, now you've got doctors and nurses afraid to go to work because of supply shortages, a fear of contracting the virus, fear of contracting the virus and spreading it to loved ones, and so much more. Earlier this week, there was an Italian nurse, say 34 years old, kills herself, suicide, because she doesn't want to infect others. People in quarantine, Japan, man kills himself because he's, he's, he's losing his mind in self-isolation. So when Donald Trump tells you that there's going to be deaths more from these lockdowns, these quarantines, he's not kidding. What about people who have families but can't feed them? Man has to kill himself, collect life insurance to feed everybody. That's if they process uh, his, his claims. And this is all for the sake of money, for freedom. Do you see the insanity that we're being subjected to? But here, uh, let, let me bring it back down to point. I want to play for you guys this quick clip. It's over on our, our, on our Instagram TV. I think this will put it into perspective for you guys. Uh, and the reason I want to I play this is the same reason that I brought up Greta Thunberg. They want to they want to hit you in the hearts and the minds. They want to get you right where it hurts. Get you in the emotions. Get you to get hysterical. Get you to call for the government to hurry up and find the cure. Get that vaccine. 
And then even whenever Donald Trump talks about hydroxychloroquine, they're like, don't you do that. Don't you, don't you dare do that. We, we, you have New York doctors beginning to adopt uh, intravenous vitamin C in their patients. But that gets no attention. The media literally downplayed it in China, and now you don't hear anything about that today. Oh, but you hear them talk about hydroxychloroquine. You hear them talking about the vaccine. It's very dangerous, this game of chicken that's being played on the public. Period. Because we don't know. And they're purposely keeping information from us. But here, I want to play for you guys this quick clip. It's of doctors and nurses scared to go to work due to the coronavirus outbreak uh, of the supply shortages. Uh, We'll put the link for this in the description bar below. Uh, But I'll play for you guys this quick clip, and then we'll take a quick break right after. It's a big concern, and they're fearful about their own safety and the safety of their loved ones. It's the first time we've ever been truly scared to come to work. But despite being scared, we are trained to save lives, and we're committed to doing that. We are in a crisis state. We desperately need help. I implore authorities, I implore government agencies, I implore the private sector to help us. We are putting our lives on the line. Look, I got infected and I was wearing the protective equipment I needed to wear. We know that when we go in those rooms and to further increase our risk of getting this virus and to further put our families at risk intentionally, which is what this feels like. There are people that literally are wearing bandanas because they have nothing better than that to protect themselves from the respiratory droplets of patients who are infected with COVID-19. And I think that's a national shame. It feels unimaginable potentially being asked to use bandanas. I can tell you we're not at that point yet in New York City, but I will be outraged if it gets to that point. I'm embarrassed to say this, but prior to this, my husband and I had never gotten around to writing a will, but this weekend, that became one of our to-do list items. I'm scared for my loved ones. Honestly, I'm being as candid as I can be. I'm no hero, but I'm not scared about myself. I'm willing to bargain my own safety, but am I willing to bargain the safety of my child and my mother-in-law? I think that may be a bridge too far. And our Dr. Tara Narula joins us. Tara, we just heard one of the medical professionals say it's the first time they've ever been scared to go to work. What are they most concerned about? Well, Anthony, last week when I talked to an ER physician, she told me that the thing that scares her most is leaving her kids without a mother. And that conversation about wills and code status, that's happening around the country uh, with those healthcare workers on the front line. And they're really saying it's not a question of if I get infected, but when I get infected. And you have to understand, you know, as medical professionals, we define ourselves with words like strong and calm in the eye of the storm. So for medical professionals to be saying that they feel panicked and afraid is really unprecedented. And they feel afraid for their own health, for their family's health, for the fact that they're going to have to be making terrible triage decisions about who lives and who dies. And if you've never seen somebody gasping for air, it is a terrible thing to witness. And knowing that all you can do is stand there and watch them because you don't have a ventilator to intubate them, that's heart-wrenching. And that why Tara, that's why, Tara, it is so hard to hear that the medical professionals are afraid. So what steps can the hospitals do, can the government do, to make sure that they get exactly what they need? What can be done now? 
We need everybody to step in. And you heard David saying private companies are really moving on this. We need every single American who's listening to this and listening to the plea of the healthcare workers to figure out what they can do to help in addition to the governments and the hospitals. We have healthcare professionals getting emails. I got one this week saying that we're going to be asked to reuse our masks for a day, for a week, until they get contaminated. You heard the discussion about bandanas and scarves. I mean, that's really horrifying. People are sharing on YouTube videos about how to ventilate a patient, more than one patient, with one ventilator. It's true. So uh, we need to do a lot more. It's true. We need more. Quickly. We, we need more, and we hope we get it, Tara. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's true. We actually have a post up about that, how a uh, doctor was able to turn one ventilator into, I think, like nine, several different ones. It's because of learning something off of YouTube. Yeah. A doctor turned one ventilator into nine using ingenious skills that he learned off of YouTube. So a lot of different things going on here. We're learning that the medical system is basically corrupt, can't handle this. This is your free health care. Uh, this is your. This is our taste of socialism, fascism, corporate fascism, right? Where we're dependent upon the government and corporations to provide all these different types of things for us. Uh, but th there's there's so many different things going on with this virus that it is truly mind blowing. Uh, I just want to point something out right there: nurses, doctors, being afraid to go to work. You think that's strange? What about the people who are not loading up the food trucks? We're now getting an information that eggs. There's a shortage, of, a shortage of eggs around nationwide here in America. What about the people who don't load up the food trucks? What about the people who, who, who don't go into work? What about the law enforcement officers who don't decide to go help take care of things? Right now, there's like a thousand cases of NYPD officers who have coronavirus or other illnesses and are calling in sick. Think about the crime rates. Think about the breakdown of civilization. You see, this is where the robots are going to have to come in because they don't get sick. They won't complain. They have no reason not to get the job done. But until that part of the agenda takes place, this is where we're at. You see the incremental things that are taking place. So, yes, the virus is, 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 is something of cause of concern, but all these social impacts, the social contagion, the economic impacts, and everything else of having to deal with this, that's what's dangerous, you see. And that's why some people are thinking that China did this uh, for economic gain or for economic reasons. But what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into uh, more of the consequences of fear and the planned responses. Representative uh, Clyburn brazenly admitting that the Dems want to use the coronavirus to restructure America, the $2 trillion stimulus bill, as well as the CDC starting to look for quarantine advisors last November. We have a lot of different things to talk about in this segment on the other side. This is still COVID-19 chaos. We'll be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom. We'll be right back right after this. in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. 
And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, will you remember? It calls to us, calls us back. Back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course. Not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first. The places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it. The place we've been trying to get back to. Safe at last. We've found our way home. Welcome back. That's right. We're still here. And we are trying to do the best we can. I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, break all this stuff down, look at it the easiest way I can, uh, show respect to the frontline workers, the paramedics, the nur- the nurses, the doctors, uh, the people that are being activated coming from, retiree, uh, re- from retirement. I'm trying to show those people respect. At the same time, looking at the intelligence aspect of it, looking at the economic impact, how us civilians are going to be affected, and what the Illuminati stands to gain from all this. That's why you kind of have, that's why you hear me kind of jumping around from all over the place, not necessarily having a single train of thought when addressing this. And that's why I I, I thoroughly believe we're doing some of the best work we've ever done right now, is because it's not just conspiracies, it's not just, you know, rhetoric, it's not just nonsense. Everything is so interlocked and happening right now that it, it, it really does take a a crazy mind to explain all this. I mean, a perfect example is this. Think about it. Bill Gates teaming up with Harvard to spray calcium carbonate 
to 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 reflect sunlight. Well, what do you think that's going to do? This guy's over here engineering viruses. That's gonna that's gonna mess us up even more. We're not going to be able to sun charge. <laughs> so you, I, I guess I just look at all these different things and how these people have system, systematically tried to figure out a way to rob us of our rights, of our humanity, of these God given talents and gifts that we have. And all I can do is rebel and fight against it. Uh, I'm I'm more fired up than I've ever been. That's what I keep. That's what I keep trying to tell you guys. I told you this at the start of the show. The leaders are being formed right now. If you're bored, you're not paying attention. If you think this is crazy, think about where we're going to be in, in, in next year. If you want to start getting involved in this, you've got to stop being caught off guard by so much stuff that's happening and realize it's going to intensify. And that you have the keys. You have the solutions. We just need them to bring be brought forth. That's all this is. You know, I'll, I'll do a quick plug for two of the new affiliates that we got during this crisis, My Patriot Supply and Dow Drops, uh, Storable Good, and then Consciously Crafted Vegan Extracts. I think that's crazy, but that's more evidence of what I'm trying to talk about. They have water filtration, storable goods, uh, survival straws, all these other things over there on My Patriot Supply. They recently got their new, sh- their new. Uh, they have six facilities now. They stopped taking orders for a couple of weeks. The FDA came in, cleared their new facilities. They're taking orders again. I have to make a post about that. So it, 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 it's crazy. And on top of that, we got reached out to by Dow Drops, these people who make uh, uh, extracts from elderberries, uh, from cinchoa bark, you know, like all kinds of crazy stuff. I'll put the link for it in the description bar below, but that's what I'm talking about. Uh, we also found Get Lambs and the No Choice Protect people, anti-EMF, Wi-Fi shielding clothing, anti-radiation blocking clothing. I feel like that's crazy. So we have the solutions. We just have to figure out how to put them together for people in such a comprehensive and cohesive way that they just understand they have to take that plunge. Once you step through that mirror, you don't, you do not get to come back. Once you take that red pill, you don't get to come back. You stumbled down the rabbit hole to reach this point, and now that you're here, We're at the tip of it, trying to figure out what to do next to forge a path for those that come after. And with that being said, let's start this segment. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in uh, to COVID-19 chaos. We're going to be talking about the consequences of fear and the planned response. Now, this is something I wanted to bring up in the previous segment with you guys. Uh, The Pentagon saying that they're going to see the coronavirus lasting for months uh, it's it's kind of crazy. I guess I just see opportunists everywhere. I just see these people, try, the technocrats and uh, uh, opportunists, internationalists, globalists, New World Order people trying to seize power wherever they can. If they can shift the public's perception to go along with this for extended periods of time, the lockdowns, the quarantines, the authoritative measures that they're taking, it will seem like it's having the desired effect. It'll seem like the military is coming through, helping to combat all of this. They won't treat it as a common cold. They will treat it, as as Trump defined it, as a war on an invisible foe. Let me get into this article. We put this up March 24th. It's from the Drudge Report feed. It says Pentagon sees crisis lasting months. The Pentagon is assuming the coronavirus epidemic in the United States will last at least several months and that some countries are at risk of, quote, political chaos. Its top officials said Tuesday, quote, I think we need a plan for this to be a few months long at least. 
U.S. Defense Secretary Mark Esper said, judging from the experience of the countries like China, South Korea, and Hong Kong. Esper and General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, addressed questions from members of the U.S. military around the world in a virtual online event. The questions were submitted in advance and read to the Pentagon's top two civilian and military leaders by a department official. Milley said all indications are that the U.S. is looking at 8 to 10, maybe 12 weeks, something like three months. That, quote, that may or may not apply to the United States. It may or may not apply to all different countries, different circumstances, but we'll see. He said, quote, if it does apply, you're looking at late May, June, something in that range. Maybe it could be as late as July, something like that. But we will get through it. The two men warned that the pandemic could destabilize some countries to the point where they could present a threat to the United States. The pandemic, quote, could lead in some cases to sort of breakdowns. It could lead to political chaos in certain countries. We have to be attuned to that, Milley said. He noted the shortages of masks, gloves, and respirators could have, quote, severe internal consequences to certain countries that go well beyond the, the immediate medical issues. The U.S. will aid its allies, said Esper, but, quote, with potential adversaries or adversaries, the coronavirus may cause them to act out in different ways in ways that impact our, our security posture, our readiness. Quote, so we need to be very conscious and be on the lookout for that as it unfolds. And I can't help but think about just Antifa-like type folks deliberately catching variations of the coronavirus and trying to spread it. You have to understand that these people want chaos so that they can have the control. They control both arms of the discussion. But I, I just want to jump up here real quick this segment that made me think about climate change. And we've talked about this. CIA Director John Brennan at the Council of Foreign Relations talking about how stratospheric aerosol injections, chemtrails, how chemtrails could destabilize foreign countries, making them incapable of producing crops, inducing droughts, inducing floods, hurricanes, and other abnormal weather events as we've covered forcing those people to migrate to areas where there is a stable environment, where we do have fresh water, fertile lands, and more. Climate refugees is what they're called today. Who's to say that because of this right here, this pandemic, this virus, that we won't become a safe haven for those that don't want to be infected? Let me read this again. The two men warned that the pandemic could destabilize some countries to the point that they could present a threat to the United States. The pandemic, quote, could lead in some cases to the sort of breakdowns. It could lead to political chaos in certain countries. We have to be attuned to that. The consequences of fear and the planned response. So, yes, the virus is real. But what does this mean? That's why I'm asking, is this a war declaration? Did somebody launch this thing off and essentially start the birth pangs of World War III or World War IV, whichever one you want to call it, the war against the corporations and the humans that work for them? That's what I'm telling you. There is inf there's information coming out that <laughs> we're, going to get the, we're going to get to the bottom of whoever released this virus. And then once we do, that's going to be a, that's going to be a powder keg. I assure you. So this is this is this is biowarfare. This is why it's ambiguous. This is why we're dealing with the fallout. 
I again, I just think is this why we're seeing all these different types of military activity? Was this a bio warfare attack? Was this attack on us, on the world? Are we getting into a war like footing before we go into a whole nother war? I don't know. I don't know. But you have some of the Q folk, the QAnon people telling you that this is all happening for a good reason. They're rounding up deep staters uh, and, and, and the indictments are coming. As I said before, there is no conspiracy theory that will justify martial law to me. We have to oppose this at every single step. But here to continue on to get back into the news, uh, this is more of that COVID-1984 chaos right here. Uh, Representative James Clyburn brazenly admits that the Democrats are using the coronavirus to restructure America to fit our vision. We put this up March 25th. It's by Baxter Dimitri of your Newswire. And it says House Majority uh, House Majority Whip James Clyburn, the third in line among House Democrat uh, House Democratic leadership, has given the Democrats game away with a single comment. Quote, this is a tremendous opportunity to restructure things to fit our vision. The South Carolina Democrat reportedly told his fellow Democrat lawmakers during a conference call reported by The Hill. That chilling remark from Clyburn bears a strong resemblance to an infamous quote attributed to former President Obama's chief of staff, Rahm Emanuel, who disturbingly quipped in 2008, quote, you never want to let a serious, serious crisis go to waste. And what I mean by that is an opportunity to do things that you do things that you think you could not do before days after house speaker, Nancy Pelosi tossed a partisan grenade into the Senate and destroyed a bipartisan legislative package intended to provide desperately needed financial relief for Americans affected by the coronavirus lockdown. Representative Clyburn has admitted that the party is more interested in quote, restructuring America than helping workers. Uh, I actually, what I actually want to do before I continue on with that actual article, is play for you guys a quick video clip of Representative uh, of, of, of Senator Ted Cruz calling out Democrats during that time frame. Call it a virtue signal video if you want to. You're more than welcome to, but it's, it's Ted Cruz calling out the Democrats trying to politicize this event. So while I'm talking to you about uh, uh, doctors and nurses afraid to go into work because of supply shortages, you have politicians doing what politicians do trying to politicize an event like this, getting as much money as they can <laughs> into this, out of this bill. They're willing to wager Americans' lives so they can see their agenda through. Nancy Pelosi decided it was time to play politics, decided to throw a grenade into the whole process, and she had a list of demands, an over 1,000-page bill that she drops out of nowhere, and the demands she's pushing, I ask you, do these have anything to do with the coronavirus epidemic? A number of people have cited the famed quote from Rahm Emanuel, as President Obama's chief of staff, never let a good crisis go to waste. Sadly, we're seeing the embodiment of that cynical approach right now. Because all the people out of jobs the Democrats are using to push, what are they pushing for? Changing the emission standards on airplanes. Mr. President, what the hell do the emission standards on airplanes have to do with thousands of people dying and millions of people out of work in the coronavirus epidemic? Don't 
treat this bill like a partisan Christmas list. And by the way, you know, Republicans, we've got things we would like to advance too. Things I believe in deeply. You want to talk about what I'd like to do? I'd like to abolish the IRS. I've campaigned on that all over the country. I'm going to continue fighting for that. But, Mr. President, I'm not standing here with an amendment saying, as part of this emergency relief, let's abolish the IRS. There's a place for that political and policy discussion. The Democrats are pushing wind and solar tax credits. Mr. President, what in the hell does a windmill have to do with this crisis? Other than there's some Democratic lobbyists getting fat and rich, and they're willing to extort a crisis to try to advance their political agenda. Mandates on corporate board diversity. So these are Democrats that want a social engineer. Now listen, I actually have a lot of problems with co corporate boards. I think we have far too many corporate boards that are docile and do what management wants. That's a serious problem. A lot of discussion about stock buybacks. I'll tell you what I get concerned about stock buybacks is when you have compensation agreements in place that the executives get rich if they get a short-term boost in share price and it ends up hurting the shareholders. So I'd love to see actually more vigorous boards of directors that make sure that you're not creating incentives to gain the stock price. That's a reasonable question. But their man they want to mandate effectively quotas on boards of directors. Mr. President, what in the hell does that have to do with this crisis? It's the restructuring of society. Thank you, Ted Cruz. If you guys want to check out that video, the minute and a, minute and a half so that we had left of it, I'll put the link for that in the description bar below. Uh, but let's get back here into this article, back into James Clyburn talking about restructuring America and using this crisis to do so. Senator Ted Cruz was not that far off, but continuing on, it says that, uh, continuing on, it says Western Journal reports that, in other words, exploiting the opportunity presented by a crisis when the political opposition is certainly more inclined to compromise in order to address an emergency, to press forward with certain agenda items and policy prescriptions that otherwise would be non-starters or be bogged down by debate. Getting back to Clyburn's comment and the report by The Hill, a number of proposals put forth by Democrats in the conference call were mentioned. Some were related to providing economic relief amid the growing financial crisis, while others were merely prioritizing items on the Democratic wish list that had nothing to do with dealing with the global pandemic or saving the nation's economy from an impending depression. Gladburn himself suggested that the current crisis would be a great time to legislatively provide for 100% broadband Internet coverage for the entirety of the United States. He used the fact that the schools across the nation are currently shut down for weeks, if not months, and students were being forced to continue their schooling online from home as the reasoning behind his suggestion. They're trying to profiteer off of chaos, as they typically do. That's how this works. Plane emissions, wind and solar tax credits. Do you see, again, the Green New Deal, the Green Agenda, being slipped into the CARES Act, and so without a biased... Without uh, opinion, I'm just going to read real quick this article from Business Insider. It's by Ben Wink. It talks basically about how the Senate has passed the $2 trillion coronavirus relief bill. Uh, and this is the craziest part about it. It includes checks 
for Americans and small businesses. This is what I tried to allude to earlier in the show that we have people commenting of losing just $5,000 in the week and it's not even done yet. They're wanting their money from the government. This is very, very dangerous. Uh, this was a, this was a forced depression. That's the crazy part. We've already, we're already in a recession. This is like a forced depression mandated by the government. And now they want to try to figure out a way to buy out your debt. So, like I said, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this to people, but let me get in this article. Uh, we put this up March 25th. It's by Business Insider. It says the Senate passed the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Ec- Economic Security Act, or the CARES Act, on Wednesday, March 25th, to bring financial relief to Americans and businesses hampered by the coronavirus and its economic toll. The fiscal package passed 96 to 0 at around 11.50 or 11:50 p.m. Eastern Time. The stimulus measure includes direct payments worth 12 thousand or uh, 1200 to millions of americans it boosts unemployment benefits and shores up hundreds of billions of dollars worth of loans for ailing businesses about 150 billion will be allocated to hospitals and healthcare workers for equipment u.s airlines hammered by the virus and resulting travel shutdowns will receive 50 billion in loans democrats want a set of stricter guidelines for how corporations could receive and benefit from emergency loans issued by the treasury department the bill's passage follows two stoppages by the Senate Democrats looking to secure stronger worker predict, uh, protections and stricter guidelines for which corporations could receive government loans. Multiple meetings between Senate, Le- Senate Minority Leader Chucky Schumer and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin extended talks around the legislation's specifics. President Trump and leading Republicans called for the measure to reach the White House by the end of Monday, a lofty goal still deemed too late by economists monitoring the coronavirus's rapidly escalating fallout. Failures to move the bill forward on Sunday and Monday pushed deliberations past the administration's deadline. Senate leaders and Senate leaders inched closer to compromise on Tuesday, while House Speaker, uh, White House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, introduced her own $2.5 trillion fiscal plan in a bid to issue quicker economic relief. The White House and the Senate reached a deal early Wednesday morning on the recovery package, teeing up the bill for later for, for passage later in the day. Schumer deemed the legislation an outstanding agreement, while Senate, while Senate Majority Mitch McConnell said it represented a, quote, wartime level of investment in our nation. The bill must now pass the House of Representatives before it reaches President Trump's desk. A wartime level investment in our country. Wartime level. Are we in a state of war? Do we need to get prepared? Is this something I should look at? What's going on with this stimulus bill is really, really shady. And the fact that we can't get information about it, too, is even more sketchy. Plane emissions, solar solar and wind tax credits, all kinds of strange things. And now this is still stuff that's coming out with this bill. And if they don't get it in with this round, they'll get it in the next round. And now... The House stimulus bill creates a, quote, digital dollar to send to virus aid to the unbanked. We're talking about the creation of the digital ID, ID 2020, the mark of the beast, injectable microchips. I mean, even today, Obamacare has been reactivated. And I asked the question to the audience, will Obamacare be a means for them to introduce these mandatory vaccines? Huh? I'm just going to read a little bit of this just to give you guys an, uh, uh, a, a, a taste of what's to come, if not now, sooner. This is put up by uh, Zero Hedge. They put this up March 24th, and it was actually updated 
says uh, CoinDesk's Nihilisk, Nihilisk reports that uh, the mentions of a digital dollar in a coronavirus-related relief bill before the U.S. House of Representatives has been scrubbed. That means they're not going to do it. Uh, but House Democrats' latest version of the Take Responsibility for Workers and Family Act revealed late Monday does not contain any language around a digital dollar in its section on direct stimulus point uh, on, on direct stimulus payments. So what they're trying to do is figure out, hey, how do we get Americans this money? We know you guys want this money, but what's going to happen when you take that money? It's just there's there's this is just sketchy. Any way you slice this up, this is sketchy. It truly is, uh, and, and we'll come back to this. I don't want to. I don't want to get too derailed looking into that aspect of it. I want to kind of continue on with this uh, with this thought process while we're looking at this type of information. And so to do so, I'm going to jump over here to this article, which is even more terrifying. Again, one of the reasons as to why we started doing this work in the first place. Right here, DOJ Department of Justice asks Congress for quote indefinite detention powers to fight the coronavirus. Now, I remember whenever it was like 2000, it's got to be like what, 2011, 12, or 13. I forget the time period. It's whenever Obama signs one of the NDAAs, uh, the National Defense Authorization Acts. And in that, he talks about the indefinite detention of journalists. That's right, indefinitely detaining people who ask too many questions. Fast forward to where we're at now, you have the Justice Department underneath the Trump administration asking for indefinite detention powers to fight people. And the obvious thing is to say, oh, we'll keep people indefinitely so that they can be quarantined. Well, what happens whenever the, the virus or the disease or a sickness just changes? What happens whenever you have ODD, opposition defiant disorder, and they have to indefinitely detain you so that you can be reeducated? You get where I'm going? Let me get in this article. We put this up March 23rd. Over there, STHF plan. It's by Max Slavo. And it says the Justice Department is using the outbreak of the coronavirus to expand their power. They reportedly asked Congress for, uh, for the power to detain Americans indefinitely without a trial in order to fight the outbreak, which has so far infected 32,000 Americans. So only 32,000 Americans warrants that we just toss out the Constitution. You don't have any more rights. Don't you know? That's how that works. Continuing on, it says the government is rapidly moving to destroy human rights and the basic fundamental freedoms we hold dear in the name of fighting the coronavirus. This is far more severe than an outbreak. Enslaving humanity should never be the solution to a problem. However, the Justice Department thinks that this request is acceptable. They are asking Congress to allow the United States Attorney General to ask courts to suspend court proceedings. These include, quote, any statutes of rules of procedures otherwise affecting pre-arrest, post-arrest, pre-trial, trial, and post-trial procedures in criminal and juvenile proceedings of all civil procedures and proceedings, or processes, process and proceedings. Uh, reports Bessie Woodruff Swan, citing DOJ documents presented to Congress, basic human rights are in danger of being severely diminished if not outright destroyed. If Congress approves this power grab, and I wouldn't put it past them, totalitarianism is on our very near future. The Justice Department would be able to postpone trials, hearings, and other procedural steps that follow an arrest that represents a potentially huge violation of the constitutional right to a speedy trial. Those powers would, quote, those powers would apply, quote, whenever the district court is fully or partially closed by virtue of any natural disaster, civil disobedience, or any other emergency situation. 
Woodruff Swan writes, and would remain in place for, quote, one year following the end of, national, of the national emergency. The, the solutions by the government to this outbreak have already shown to be dire than, in, than the actual virus. That's not to say that people aren't actually dying and getting infected, but the aftermath of this will have repercussions for our children and the fascist country we are leaving to them. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's what I've been trying to say. If, if <laughs> That's what I've been trying to explain to people, that if we don't really start thinking about this, some of our very rights are going to be taken from us. We are literally in such a such a such a authoritarian authoritarian time period that you have would be dictators basically trying to stroke each other off and say who's 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 more authoritative, who's more dictatorial. Let me play for you guys this real quick clip of this uh, Los Angeles mayor saying that hey, if you don't if you don't agree to these gov- to this government mandated shutdown where we where we want to mandate you being poor, this is neo serfdom. If you don't abide by these regulations, we're going to shut your power off. I'm going to play. I have a series of clips I want to play for you because I, 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 I'm getting fired up here. Uh, you have Los Angeles mayor saying that water and power will be shut off if you don't close shop. A stern warning tonight to non-essential businesses that aren't abiding by the order. If we see continued non-compliance, they'll wind up facing a misdemeanor charge and DWP will step in and shut off their water and power. You know who you are. You need to stop it. This is your chance to step up and to shut it down, because if you don't, we will shut you down. The LAPD says that they now have 12 confirmed coronavirus cases, 11 sworn officers, and one civilian. Now, tomorrow, the governor tells us that he's going to be releasing numbers as far as percentages of the people that have now recovered compared to infections. For now, reporting live here in Hollywood, Mary Beth McDade, we'll send it back to you. Thank you, Mary Beth. Uh, but that's not all. Don't worry. We're just getting started right here. Uh, Los, Angeles, Los Angeles Sheriff orders gun stores to close. So you're shutting off power, you're shutting off means for people to defend themselves, and then the video I'm going to play for you guys after this, because, that, because that's just for stores, right, in Los Angeles. The video I'm going to play for you guys after this one is of a county commissioner forcing, forcing people to pay them right before they shut their power off during this outbreak. So people don't have power during this outbreak, and they still expect to get paid. I don't understand the logic of this, but that's why I'm just telling you it's outright authoritarianism. But here... Let me play for you guys this quick clip, uh, Cliff, of the Los Angeles County ordering gun stores to be closed. But pot shops and alcohol stores can stay open because those are considered essential services. Of emergency operations here in LA County, and essentially what that means is he is the number one guy in charge when it comes to this crisis response. He signs off on whether or not the National Guard responds here, he signs off on any FEMA requests, and he says he has not been included in any of these press conferences lately having to do with these stay at home orders. He says that's because politicians have decided to leave him out. He feels they've wanted to do their own messaging, messaging he feels has been ineffective and all over the place. This is about taking care of people, not taking care of elected officials or politicians. L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva hasn't been a fan of the constant coronavirus press conferences from local politicians as of late. I would like to thank Councilman David Root. I want to thank Supervisor and Board Chair Catherine Barger. 
He feels they've spent far too much time thanking each other or talking just to get in front of the cameras. When I see the same faces and they're saying a lot but there's no substance, we eventually become background noise and people just tune out. And the sheriff believes the public has tuned out. The evidence being how many Angelinos ignored the stay-at-home order this weekend. An order he says no law enforcement agency had any part in communicating. We were totally out of that process. We were not involved. But the sheriff is delivering a firm stance on gun stores. A little bit closer. Yes, because they're not an essential uh, function. He told me he's adding 1,300 deputies to patrol, doubling the current number. And in an effort to reduce overcrowding with the virus, he says he's already released 1,700 nonviolent inmates from county jail. People had 30 days or less on their sentence on misdemeanors, we kicked them out. That amounted to about 10% of the inmate population. We're going to keep violent felony suspects who are a threat to the community in the jail no matter what. So anybody who has an idea that somehow we're not going to be hard on, on crooks out there on the street, they're tragically mistaken. There's twice as many deputies on the street now, so the odds of you getting caught, caught are a lot higher. The sheriff says he also obtained 1 million N95 masks to distribute to local hospitals and police departments, which began today. We set aside 250,000. We delivered them today to the medical supply hub in Long Beach. So that's going out today to all the hospitals in LA County. And despite numerous viewer photos of military vehicles posted on social media, Sheriff Villanueva says no, the National Guard has not responded to our area, and they won't without his approval which would require dire circumstances. If we start losing major portions of our, uh, of our sworn personnel, that impacts our ability to man the jails or patrol obligations, and we're running out of, of people to do that, if we're in that position, typically our counterparts in the LAPD and, our, and the other municipal uh, police departments, they'll be in the same boat, then we could start using the National Guard to start assigning them to security operations. And from this point forward, the sheriff says he will be taking the reins on all of the messaging for this emergency response rather than what we've been seeing from the Board of Supervisors. He says everything will now be going out of the Emergency Operations Center through him. As for the gun stores being forced to close, that's likely going to ruffle a lot of feathers. I talked to the sheriff about it. He says, look, he supports the Second Amendment. He is a gun owner himself, but his fear is that with all these first-time gun buyers rushing out, buying in a panic, then bringing them into homes with people who are essentially locked in their homes, he feels it's potentially a recipe for disaster with accidental shooting. So we'll have to see what happens with that. We're live in downtown LA tonight. Bill Malugin, Fox 11 News. Thanks, Bill. So there you have it. Even the sheriff, Second Amendment supporter, yeah, you see how that works? They got to get like somebody that says they're a Second Amendment supporter. We understand that you know this is going to be a huge infringement upon your rights, but we still have to do it anyway. We still have to do it anyway. So you see, it's an incremental thing. Power. It's a ladder. It is a ladder. But here, let me play for you guys real quick. I, I, I said I was going to play this uh, this commissioner talking about uh, cutting off people's power. But since we're in California, I think it's only apparent that I play this little quick clip of California, their police department, using drones, Chinese drones, uh, outfitted with speakers to educate the public about the dangers of the coronavirus. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to play the full clip for you guys. I'll play a little bit of it. But I just think it's crazy that you have 
you have uh, California, California, basically imitating communist China. It's crazy. I'm here at the Chula Vista Police Department, where the Chula Vista Police Department, as you know, because we've reported this, has been using drones now for about four years, and they're used really on emergency calls as a way to give officers uh, a, more, a situational awareness of what's happening. But drones can keep officers safe today, they've learned, by giving them that social distancing that is needed right now in this time when we're dealing with the COVID-19 outbreak. And that's what officers are recognizing. And they're also looking at using drones as a way to possibly educate the community about the safety measures and resources that are out there that people should be taking because of COVID-19. So to be clear, the idea here is not about patrolling people. In fact, they're looking at this as an educational resource and as a way to keep police officers safe. Captain Vern Sally, who oversees the drone program here with Chula Police Department, I got off the phone with him about an hour ago, and he tells me the idea is to deploy a drone once uh, once that drone is outfitted with a speaker to areas, for example, in the urban canyon, canyon areas here in Chula Vista, where there are known homeless encampments, through a speaker on the drone, police would be able to tell people below where they can go for services. That way, the department would not have to send off. Oh, man, I just I got to laugh at this because if I would not have seen that video in China of the Chinese police the chinese authorities like yelling at their chinese people saying grandma go home don't you know it's unsafe out here i wouldn't believe the propaganda that i just heard okay and then if i also didn't go and look at the works of the united nations agenda 21 and agenda 2030 and realize this is part of their agenda to use technology to tell humans that they have to get away from nature i would say wow that makes perfect sense look at these people being innovative but because i understand the sophisticated mind control that's at work right now I can't go along with it. So if you guys want to finish watching that propaganda, uh, you can do so. I'll put the link for that in the description bar below. But what I want to do is, is finish out this segment, playing for you guys this quick clip of how our politicians should be acting, why we actually have these elected officials in the first place, the ones that should be helping us. Uh, and I'm actually going to... I'm going to read the actual article before I play this for you because it's a quick two-minute long video. And then I'll, I'll, we'll take a break and get into the last segment uh but commissioner calls out mayor for cutting off people's power during the covid19 outbreak this was written by matt agarist of the free thought project they put this up march 23rd and it says over the last 10 days across the country millions of americans have watched as their careers in restaurants bars barbershops spas and many other businesses came crashing down many of these folks live paycheck to paycheck and have just received their last one of those of these folks many of them have children imagine for an instant that you have just received your last paycheck your rent is due and you don't have enough to cover your utility bill for your family you pay only your rent to keep your roof over your head and the government is responsible for the for your unemployment then cuts off your power a lake worth beach florida city commissioner attempted to stop such a scenario from unfolding early this month by holding an emergency meeting to discontinue shutoffs of water and electric to city residents with derelict accounts during the crisis. 
However, that emergency meeting was denied, and as a result, dozens of residents had their utilities shut off. That commissioner was Omari Hardy, who is now going viral in a video in which he calls out the mayor during a later meeting, after residents had their power cut off. During the meeting, Hardy slammed Lake Worth Beach City Manager Michael Bornstein, who admitted to turning off electricity for 50 customers on Tuesday. He also accused the mayor, uh, Pam Trioli, of holding a banana republic. Quote, Lake Worth is 10 minutes from, a Ma- from Mar-a-Lago, but we're the second poorest city in, Wa- in, in, in Palm Beach County, he said, referring to President Trump's resort. Quote, our working class families may have seen their last paycheck for the foreseeable future. It doesn't seem right to turn off their electricity in the middle of a pandemic. Hardy went on to note that the city slow, that the, that the city slow played their reaction in spite mass unemployment amid the crisis quote we could have banned large public gatherings we could have closed the beach we could have put a moratorium on utility cutoffs hardy said quote we should have been talking about this last week we cut off people's utilities this week and made them pay what they could have been their last paycheck to us to turn their lights on but you don't care about that you didn't even want to meet i'm going to play this clip for you guys and then we're going to take a quick break because this is how our politicians should be acting this is the type of stuff we want to see we want to see people that are elected and want to help others. We can't keep having this 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 situation where greed is taking over people's lives, where we pol- where we politicize deaths and crises. This is this is insanity. But here, let me play for you that, this clip of Omari Hardy standing up for the people's rights in Florida. Can we do better? There's always things that pop up that we can do better on, um, and I call the question. I'm sorry. That's not how this works. We each have an opportunity to speak five minutes. I, I thought we did. No, the question no, been long. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. We've been See, that's not how calling the question works. You need a second and you need to vote Can on. I have a second? I, for I, so are you telling me that you're going to keep me from talking right now? You talked all evening. Look, I'll look here. You. You're calling me disrespectful because I've interrupted people, but this gentleman has turned off people's lights in the middle of a global health pandemic. That's what that gentleman did. Point of order. And you think I'm disrespectful when interrupting Point of order. This gentleman has had the ability to do any number of things. We could have banned large gatherings. We could have closed the beach. We could have put a moratorium on 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 I recessed the meeting. I recessed. Also not within your power, and the attorney has held that that's true. I recessed the meeting. You came up with new rules at the beginning of the meeting, and you didn't even want to follow the rules that you came up with. And you took advantage This is a banana republic is what you're turning this place into with your so-called leadership. Does a recess mean that we will be... Yes. Camera on that? I don't, I don't care anything about this. I don't care anything about this. Does we should have been talking about this last week. Can we... We cut off people's utilities this week and no. made them pay what could have been their last check to us to turn their lights on in the global health pandemic. So but you don't care about that and you didn't want to meet. But every other year, you go around and beg people for their votes. Can we explain? You care more about your relationship with that guy than you care about the relationship with the people who don't go to work in this building. You are done. You are done. You're done. Disrespectful. Disrespectful is what you've done to the working people in the city. I didn't do anything. You failed to act. I didn't do anything. When you're a leader, you failed to act. You said you didn't do anything. You failed to act. Oh, we had an opportunity. Party for Statehouse. I don't care anything about that. Do think anybody cares? Does a recess mean that we can reconvene tonight? Or? Okay. Bravo. Is that in five minutes? Or? It's when the chair comes back. Bravo.
That's me clapping. I'm gonna Can put that. I'm gonna put that link for link for that in the description bar below because that's what we need. We need people that share our views, that are humanitarian, that aren't just greedy corporate pieces of garbage that see us as numbers. We need this level of compassion of humanity right now. And that's why we're in this situation. That's why we're lost. That's why we're scared. That's why we're confused. That's why people don't know. They look to their elected officials for help. And what do they do? They steal from them. They take what little bit they have that everybody fights and works for, that they scrape and grind for. Thank you, Amari. I'm not saying you're reinstilling my faith in the system. It's never been there. But that's the faith in humanity that we need. That's what's going to get us through this. And I'm sorry that situations like that have to occur for bright lights for that to shine. But this is the dark time that we're in. So I'm going to let you guys rest with that. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to finish out this transmission talking about, well, what about 5G? What about 5G? What about all these things that are, being ha that are happening during the lockdown? We're going to be getting into that strange angle and more. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we, get, when we get back, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. What about 5G? How to stop 5G? Is 5G being erected during the lockdowns? We're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this.
Salutations, my friends. Have you heard of Shilajit? Well, to be quite honest, neither had I. But then I started doing some research and I found out that it was part of the Hindu Ayurvedic system of medicine. And for hundreds of years since its discovery, it's had the potential to help people live a healthy and balanced life. Here, let me read off some of the benefits for you guys. It increases your energy, boosts your libido, balances your mood, supports healthy aging, decalcifies your pineal gland, and we all understand how important that is, supports healthy brain health. Uh, it also helps regulate your hormones. There are so many benefits to taking this that I cannot put them in this single video. You can mix it in with tea. Uh, I like to mix it in with my pre-workout in the morning and be careful, it's gonna give you that boost. It's going to give you that energetic boost you need to get through your day. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out. Final segment. I just want to clap again. For Mari Hardy. And being hardy and standing up for humanity. You don't have Greta Thunberg over there saying, How dare you? You got people legitimately getting frustrated with the leadership that we are under. The orders we're being told to follow, the society that's being created, the paths that are being charted for us. We're on fast track to hell. We got to fight this. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into the final segment of this edition of Factions of Freedom. We're going to be talking about, well, what about 5G? Bill Gates, there's crazy things going on. What's happening to society? This won't be a long segment. I won't keep you too long. If anything, it kind of has some homework that you guys can take home with you. Yeah, that's right, because we do that. I don't want to give it all to you. Got to make you think a little bit. Uh, but before we get into the topics, everything that we're discussing here and more, if you guys want to support this operation, think about becoming a Patreon-exclusive member. That's where we actually have a lot of our back-end discussions, the ones that we don't have publicly with you guys, believe it or not. Wow, that's probably why it's called exclusive members. Duh. Uh, we have group discussions, shows, full-blown transmissions, group discussions, and more where you can get involved and get interactive. Uh, if we get enough, I'll just, shucks, I'll just go out there and say it. If we get enough exclusive members, if we hit like 100, if we hit 60 to 100 exclusive members, I'll get an app developed because we'll have the finances for it and we'll also have enough people. That's what I'm wanting. But, you know, people just think that I'm going to be here forever like this, like this beautiful economy, but they don't want to lift a finger for it or even do anything to secure the future. So if you want to be a little bit different, you really want to commit to this alternative lifestyle, vote with your dollars, vote with your lifestyle, support independent media. You see what we're doing. You see us trying to kick butt, get, get things done, and explain things in so many different ways that it's mind-blowing. If you want to support this operation, think about becoming a Patreon-exclusive member. And if you don't want to do it that way, you know, go ahead and get some storable goods, get some storable food, get some shilajit. Uh, get some, get some, get some down drops. Get some of these, these, these vegan extracts. Boost your immune system. We, we put all this work into raising awareness to find solutions, and I just, I'll be damned if people won't use it. So when I tell you, check it out in the description bar below. I mean that. When I tell you, go to the website. I mean that. When I tell you, there are links to get you twenty five percent off on on 
on the down drops, ten uh, percent off on the on the My Patriot Supply, twenty percent off on the She Legit, twenty percent off on the CBD oil, twenty five percent off on the anti EMF Wi Fi shielding clothing and stuff like that. I go out of my way to try to find these solutions. I'll be damned if you guys don't find it. Go out there, look at what we've done, look at where we look at how we've uh, uh, reached this point because of your continued success, and help us reach our goals. That's how this works. I'm not here. I say we diversify the information because you guys deserve it. But that also applies to solutions, answers, and things like that. You'd be a slave if you want to. I won't. <laughs> I won't. So uh, let's start this segment. Like I said, it's not going to be a long one. If anything, it's going to be an inquisitive segment. One just to make you think about what is actually going on. I had this revelation earlier this week. Why are they calling it quarantine? Because the, because the environment's toxic? Well, what would make the environment toxic? A virus, a bioweapon, or a hazardous materials such as 5G? What I'm trying to say, and I made this, this correlation earlier this week, earlier in this transmission, uh, a lot of the countries that have agreed to 5G, or at least a lot of the states here in America that have agreed to 5G, are some of the main ones being hit by this virus. Or, I mean, the ones, the states that have align themselves with the Green New Deal are the ones being hit by this virus. And when you look at, like I said before, the Coronavirus Relief Act, the CARES Act, it's all basically designed to help restructure America. So this is not a far-off idea to ask, uh, are 5G biometric systems being covertly installed during the lockdown where you live? It's really not. I think people don't want to think about it because it kind of sounds crazy, but it's not that far off. Uh, we have people basically sending us videos and making strange comments about seeing Xfinity trucks all over the place, seeing technicians all over the place, uh, and it is—it's just—it just—it re- it, it, it just warrants research. That's all I'll say. Uh, let me let me get in this article, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll go over more with you guys. Uh, this comes from Take Back Your Power, but they reposted it over there at Global Research. As they put this up March 22nd. It says, in recent days, a couple of videos have begun circulating on social media with evidence of apparent installations of 5G and or biometric systems while children are home due to the COVID-19 lockdown. We now have the opportunity to confirm or debunk reports of these covertly installation of these covertly covert installations at schools everywhere. We need your help with this. And you guys can see the bottom of the actual post to do so. First, on March 16th, the YouTube channel Logic Before Authority posted a video detailing a message that he, that he received from an apartment member, a parent member of the local school board. This whistleblower detailed how school districts were intending to covertly install 5G equipment in schools during the lockdown under the direction of the U.S. Department of Education. The companies being sent in were instructed to act as if they are part act as if they are there to disinfect the schools to stop the spread of the virus. Now, before we continue on, think about that. (laughs) Act as if you're there to disinfect it, but while you're there, install those 5G systems. Install, install, install. People talking about seeing Xfinity technicians all over the place because they're essential personnel. Who would... (laughs) What did I tell you? Who were the main people that would benefit from this lockdown, from this quarantine? The telecom industries, the telehealth industries. People still have to communicate. Communications still has to be up. 
it would only make sense to install these 5G towers while we're all locked down. There's no way for us to resist. Was it France? Uh, I, I don't think France was repelling, uh, fighting against 5G. But from the yellow vest protests in France to the protests that were taking place in Iran uh, to the Hong Kong protests that were taking place in China and in Hong Kong, look at all the different places that are being affected right now by this with Brexit, you know, in the U.K., as well, India, uh, as well, lots of places that are experiencing civil unrest, turmoil, and veritable political revolution have now succumbed to the coronavirus. So it only makes sense that this move, this strange thing right here to install 5G towers while everybody's in lockdown, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, we reported just last year of a 5G tower being put up in a school, in a, in a, in a California school, and all of the children, or a decent amount of the children that were at that school, coming down with cancerous tumors, brain cancers and tumors, and all kinds of other strange abnormal effects. And then when you go look at the actual uh, sicknesses that are ascribed to Wi-Fi uh, 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 Wi-Fi sensitivity and Wi-Fi radiation. It's fatigue. It's nausea, dizziness, uh, disoriented. Uh, 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 resp- I don't, I don't want to say respiratory issues, but when you look at the damage of 5G, the health effects and more, it literally vibrates your DNA. It disrupts it. So yes, I would, I would consider that a hazardous environment. You might want to get quarantined. Remember, too, that back in the 50s or so, they took out all the lead painting. I, I digress. Let me play for you guys this quick video, and then we'll uh, we'll continue on with the article. I won't play all of it, but it's the video equipped. I don't, why am I saying equipped? Um, it's the video attached to the actual article over here at Global Research. Uh, the video itself is like 25 minutes long. Clearly, we will not do any of that. Um, but you know what? Just... I want, I want to play a little bit of it, and then uh, then we'll continue on with the article, and I'll play for you guys that phone call. You know what? I can't. I, for the sake of time, I'm going to put that link in the description bar below. If you guys want access to that, you want to see what all is going on with that, check it out. I'll put, it in the link, I'll put that link in the description bar below because it's 25 minutes long. Very, very good breakdown of it. Uh, but just because I do want to play a video for you guys in this segment, is I'll play this phone call of the fleet of white vans behind the school, uh, and then we'll continue on. Remember, these vans are there to make it look like they're disinfecting the school. But appearances can be deceiving. Huh. Systems Plus, 608-273-2300. 
NAMI Comfort Systems, whatever that means. Comfort Systems. Interesting. She goes on to make a phone call about these strange white vans behind the school. Wait while I transfer your call. Mm-hmm. High school office, this is Valerie. Hey there. I, was, I just noticed some uh, white vans in the parking lot. I was wondering if you could tell me what they were doing. Who is this? This is Jim. From, uh, just from the city, you know, I, I was just wondering, I just wondered, I noticed there were contractor vans, I was just wondering if there was anything scheduled at the high school today for them to be working on. Yep, we've got stuff going on. Oh, is it, is it related to the virus at all? No. Well, is it anything to do with the 5G? Close that down real quick. Yeah. So I'll put the link for that whole article in the description bar below if you guys want to get more information on it. But let's jump back to the actual article itself. Again, are 5G biometric systems being covertly installed during the lockdown? Continuing on uh, with the article, it says, following the Logic Before Authority video on March 18th, Another video began circulating showing a fleet of white work vans, the ones that I just played for you guys right there, behind an unknown school. Although we do not see the name or the location of the school, the video clearly shows vans from two companies, Systems Plus Wisconsin and North American Mechanical Incorporated. Both companies appear to be headquartered in Madison, Wisconsin. While American American Mechanical uh, Inc., it focuses on plumbing, plumbing and mechanical services, Systems Plus Wisconsin clearly states that they install biometric systems. The person filming the video calls the school to ask whether the vans were involved with anything related to 5G. The person, as you heard on the other end of the phone, then immediately hung up. These videos and others have since, started, have since sparked a growing number of social media comments from folks claiming to have seen work vans and or towers and antennas being installed on school grounds during the quarantines. In fact... The activist post writer Derek Rose was able to confirm that systems were being installed at Houston area during schools and they're during their shutdown. If you guys go on to the actual post, it breaks down uh, what you can do to try to get this information and other things that were going on there. Uh, and, and the reason I want to point this post out is because it's currently got 4,000 likes, a ton of comments that are actually very, very insightful. You hear me ask a military veteran that served in Iraq about uh Exposure to Wi-Fi, about Git lamps, their anti-EMF Wi-Fi shielding clothing, and things like that. The how thick the clothing have to be, and so much more. It's a very, very insightful post. If you guys haven't, so definitely check it out. But this is something people need to think about. Right here, discerning truth says, "I don't know," but there's been construction tra- construction trucks all over downtown. Uh, if you continue on to go. Through the comments, you'll see right here, Zarnaz Foldaldi says that it's not covert. It's happening all over California. Uh, and 
It's 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 crazy. Uh, Garcia six nine ten says, guys, five G gives flu like symptoms when set at an enormous capacity. People have to remember not to get the vaccine just because they feel a little sick because the vaccine is a Trojan horse. The vaccine is the coronavirus and it will kill you. Using symptom using five G to manipulate flu like symptoms. Uh, it can. It, it, our audience is very woke. This is crazy. Uh, I'm gonna, and I'm very glad that I can scroll through here and see all these different things. Unfortunately, I can't uh, see other people talking about places. Oh, right here. Most Wanted 313 says, yep, I've seen six new towers in Detroit. That's kind of crazy. Six new towers. Um, and ironically enough, just Tuesday before coming on to the air to do Instagram Live with you guys, I got back from the gym, hike, whatever I was doing, and as I was just closing the gate, Xfinity chick drives by, and I just thought, that's weird. You don't live in this neighborhood. Hmm. It's, 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 it's real strange stuff like that. But what I'm trying to say is, you get the point. What other what other time would there be to install 5G other than in a situation like this? Uh, but as some of the comments alluded to, don't get the vaccine. There is something very, very strong or very, very sketchy with this vaccine. The rush behind it, the, uh, the fact that they're not using animal testing, they're rushing straight to human testing, the fact that you can actually uh, uh, slow this virus down with intravenous, vi- intravenous vitamin C, uh, other various holistic uh, practices and so much more. The fact that we're pushing so hard for a vaccine is very dangerous. Could it be the fact that the World Health Organization realized that vaccines are, are crappy and that we don't really trust them? Could it be that, you know, Big Pharma is getting sued, Monsanto is getting destroyed, Bayer is, uh, is next, you see what I'm saying? Don't get this vaccine. Let me get into... Uh, something that is almost borderline terrifying for me to even think about right here during a Reddit Ask Me Anything on COVID-19 coronavirus. Eugenicist Bill Gates has called for a national tracking system and billions of vaccinations to protect the world. We put this up March 23rd. It's by Jeffrey Greider of Now the End Begins. And what do you think I'm about to talk about? After stepping down from Microsoft along with almost 1,400, uh, 1400 other CEOs uh, through 2019 and 2020. What else could I be talking about? Realize he stepped down from Microsoft and basically within that same time period decided to send out millions or thousands, if not millions, of home testing kits to people so that they could swab their mouth and then send it to, oh, well, Where? Where, where are they going to send these tests that you're sending them, Bill Gates? This is why he's calling for that national tracking system. This is that corporate fascism to where you have to get corporations to help control the people. Let me get into this. It says, eugenicists Bill Gates call for a national tracking system, similar to South Korea, saying that in Seattle, the University of Washington is providing thousands of tests per day, but no one is connected to a national tracking system. No one. No, it is. Yeah, I can't. uh, I can't help but think of the global health security agenda that Barack Obama signed into uh, signed signed in 2016. 
how they they said they need a national tracking system. That's what's in the global vaccination or the global health security agenda. They need a national tracking system in order to track people's medical record, their medical information, their vaccine records, all this other crazy stuff. Lo and behold, here comes Bill Gates after this, after stepping down from Microsoft saying, you know what, computers just don't do it for me anymore. I've got to start editing the human genome. Let me continue on with this article. It says, every time I write an article on eugenicist Bill Gates and his desire to control the global population, I always get a visit from folks over at NewsGuard, the liberal fact-checking group financed by Microsoft and embedded in their Edge web browser. The entire agenda of NewsGuard is to promote the liberal position seen over at fake news MSNBC, while at the same time preventing Christians and conservatives from having a voice online. Sorry, NewsGuard, we won't be silenced by you or anyone else. We are in the publishing business. Take a look. Quote, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Psalm chapter 26, verse 7. It says, last week we told you about event 201. If you haven't read it, stop and go and read it right now. Today's article will make much more of an impact on you if you know what Bill Gates and event 201 is all about. So Bill Gates went on Reddit to participate in a coronavirus, ask me anything, and during the voice of, and, and during the course of that Q&A, some pretty astonishing things came out. First, Bill Gates wants a national tracking system to track the spread of the virus. But you can't track the virus without tracking the people. So what is he really calling for? A national tracking system for people. When you add that something when you add that to something called ID twenty twenty, you're off to the end times race. ID twenty twenty calls for, you guessed it, an implantable tracking device that's tied to a, a, you guessed it again, a vaccination. The ID2020 Alliance has launched a new digital identity program at its annual summit in New York in collaboration with the government of Bangladesh, Vaccine Alliance, Gavi, and new partners in government, academia, and humanitarian relief. Those technocrats I I was telling you about. When will all this craziness stop? Never. It's just getting started. Remember how you always said you wanted to be in the end times? Well, here you are. And it's all fun and games until the New World Order takes your freedoms away, which just coincidentally is happening in bits and pieces right now. Right now. In this next part, it comes from Forbes. It says Bill Gates calls for a national tracking system for coronavirus. And I'll go into the, the, the ID 2020, what they're trying to create, because this is crazy. What, what, what we're gradually talking about is a creation of not a fabricated virus, a real virus with uh, uh, with exacerbated implications to where they have to rush to get a cure that's going to basically be like our enslaving tool. I guess I'm just trying to say is the vaccine is going to get you your money. Your vaccines is going to get you all this nonsense. Your vaccine is going to be your introduction into the new world order. This is crazy. So, so how does this tie into 5G? They're going to have technology to be able to see whether or not you received that vaccine. Maybe next week I'll, I'll, I'll go back in the past where we posted in, towards the end of 2019 implantable microchips that, that can be like revealed on the subsurface, like it can be seen on your skin. We're talking about the mark of the beast. We're talking about uh, tat- tattoos of the technocracy, you see. Not being able to buy nor sell without receiving the mark of the beast. Not being able to go outside of your house due to the coronavirus and your phone uh, dictating what you're allowed to do because you received the chip. 
let me get back into this article over here. Uh, like I said, this next part comes from Forbes. It says, a week after stepping down from the boards of Microsoft and Berkshire Hathaway, Bill Gates, co-founder of Microsoft and the second most richest man in the world with a net worth of $97.8 billion, took to Reddit for, for an Ask Me Anything on the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, sharing his thoughts on how best to deal with the outbreak and its possible long-term effects on the world. It's <laughs> crazy, dude. This this is nuts. This is nuts. You know, I'm just going to jump straight into the ID 2020, and this is something that we have put up right before coming on to the air because all of this is nuts. Uh, you know, all of this is nuts. It really is. Uh, biofrequency tuning, uh, frequency-based manipulation, remote mind control, frequency hacking, biohacking. That's where we're at. I'm going to leave, I'm going to close out this whole episode with a, 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 a post, 10-minute video. You guys can watch it if you, want, if you don't want to. If not, it's up to you, of a doctor explaining that the coronavirus really is just 5G. But save that for another time right here. ID2020 and partners launched the program to provide their digital ID with vaccines. We put this up March 26th. It's from uh, worldtruth.tv. It's by Eddie Levine. It says the ID2020 has launched a new digital identity program at its annual summit in New York in collaboration with the government of Bangladesh. Vaccine Alliance Gavi and new partners, like I said before, in government, academia, and humanitarian relief, those technocrats. The program to leverage immunization as an opportunity to establish digital identity was unveiled by ID2020 in partnership with the Bangladesh government's access to information program, the A2I. The AI, uh, the Directorate General of Health Services in Gavi, according to the announcement, quote, we are looking, we are implementing a forward looking approach to digital identity that gives individuals control over their own personal information while still building off existing systems and programs, says Anir Chowdhury, a uh, policy advisor at A2I, quote, the government of Bangladesh recognizes that the design of the digital ID since digital identity systems carries far reaching implications for individuals access to services and livelihoods. And we are eager to pioneer this approach. Gavi CEO, Seth Bark Berkeley says that 89% of children and adolescents who do not have identification live in countries where the organization is active. Quote, we are enthusiastic about the potential impacts of this program, not in just Bangladesh, but as something we can replicate across Gavi eligible countries, providing a viable route to closing the identity gap. You see how they, you see how they, they say it like it's a good thing. Hey, let us give you your, your identity. Oh, you don't have a digital identity? You're not recognized? Let us give that to you. So it's no longer, hey, you have a, you have a, a race, a nationality, a social security, a number, and stuff like this. We're going to give you your identity into this new system. Continuing on, it says a partnership was also formed earlier this year by Gavi, NEC, and Simprints to use biometrics to improve vaccine coverage in developing nations. Quote, digital ID is being defined and implemented today, and we are recognizing the importance of swift action to close the identity gaps. Comments ID 2020 Executive Director Dakota Grenier. Quote, now is the time for bold commitments to ensure that we respond both quickly and responsibly. We and our ID2020 Alliance partners, both present and future, are committed to rising to this challenge. ID2020 also announced new partnerships and provided progress reports on, on initiatives launched last year. Since last year's summit, ID2020 has joined 
by the city of Austin, UC Berkeley's Citrus Policy Lab, and CARE USA. That's right. They're go- they, they care enough to give you your own ID. And I just want to touch on this real quick. This is the meme attached with it. It says, can no one see this? Is no one seeing this? That they create a virus, initiate a lockdown, go cashless, install 5G, create the RFID chip, the ID2020, the radio frequency identification chip, and then inject it as a vaccine to make sure you actually went through with their full-blown agenda. This is why I'm so worried about their quickly whipped together $2 trillion deal and this rapid authoritative response that we're seeing from government. So I want to leave you with this, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll put this in the description bar below. Like I said, it's a link that you guys can go check out. I don't want to take any more time than I already have. But it asks the question, it says a doctor, has hypothesized, a doctor hypothesizes that the coronavirus is actually affects a 5G. It's a 10-minute long presentation, does a great job breaking it down for you, and I want to leave that for you good people to ponder. I want you to think about that as we see things unfold in this crazy, crazy time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Agenda 2020, COVID-1984 chaos, and what about 5G? However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. And before I play the outro music, before I let you good people go, I want to point you guys in the direction of our website. Everything that we have mentioned in this episode will be featured in the description bar below or at the very bottom of the episode article. Like I said before, the 10 and now 11, possibly even 12 different posts on how to boost your immune system, how to combat COVID-19, and holistic medicinal practices that you can take in your own life to get your health back. We do a lot of different things to provide you guys with primo quality content. Make sure you go to the website. If you want to support this operation, think about becoming a Patreon-exclusive member. And like I said, I want to leave this for you guys. Just before we go, like we, we, we did a two-and-a-half-hour transmission with Adam Nix and J.C. Abbott, and we'll be doing more work with them in the future as well. But check out all the different things that we are doing for you guys. It's all done out of love. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction. Out.
Good morning, Pop.